And we're back. I'm James. This is the Goose Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I'm a James. Sir. <laughs> Man. You know, the, the worst thing I do is tell you not to be weird right before we come on. Right? I got nothing. Did you watch football this weekend? Yeah. What was the best game you watched? There was a lot of good games on Saturday. I mean, it's quite a few, quite a few to choose from. I mean, the answer is the Niners beat the Packers. They didn't play the Packers. I mean, excuse me, the Vikings. Damn it! It's like, where are you going with that? Yeah, where are we going with this? You're supposed to correct me on this. I want to talk about something else, though. What else did you do this weekend? Went to a paintball party. You went to a paintball party, and how'd that go? Good. <laughs> a lot of in-depth. Incredible do you, detail. Do you have any welts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, went to a paintball party for his buddy CJ. So, who's here with us? Who's, who's our former player guest? CJ's dad, Colt. Colt who? Palmer. Colt Palmer is right. our guest. Colt, thank you for being on with us today. So... I got a question for you, James. One more, and then we'll let you go, unless there are any listener questions for him. What year, what national championship team was Colt Palmer on? 2001? 2001. All there right. There go, James. Good answer. I like it. <laughs> I mean, I think, Colt, 95. you're the first national champion of anything we've had on. Is that right? I think that's probably accurate. I mean... I mean, Brent's realtor of the year For in the Montana, but true. national true. champion? I don't know. It's close. My dedication, our, our level of dedication we put into that is pretty, pretty similar. Oh, it's 100% similar. 100% is, similar. Is champ on your business cards? It, it is not, because that's the, the mascot of MSU. Oh, great point. Which is there a, a, a more poorly named mascot called sports than uh, the cats calling themselves champs? No, no, no. <laughs> not at all. Cats, I have a question for you. If you're champs, then why'd you lose to the Grizz? Oh, there we go. Good point. All right, anything on uh, anything on online for James? Nothing for James. I don't say. Let me just refresh. Mm-hmm. Right, no, James, James, your fan base is quiet this week, buddy. We we got three Big Sky Conference. Four. Four. Four Big Sky. Do Conference. all of them. Well, no, three because Montana and Eastern play each other. So uh, four, we have four, four, Sacramento six. State is hosting um, SDSU, San Diego or South Dakota State University. Who's going to win that? S-D-S-U. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Yep. Um, the Cats, who somehow are seated below us but have a much easier draw, are hosting a team called UT Martin. Is that right? Yep, Tennessee Martin. Tennessee Martin. Who do you think is going to win that game? It's in Bozeman. MSU. Yeah. Is their starting quarterback back, or is he out? Martins? Well, I don't know. Yeah, because they surprised – They. They have an option quarterback, mm-hmm. and they didn't play him against Missouri State. Mm-hmm. So they had the backup that was more of a passer. So, yeah. Interesting. I think an option guy could give MSU trouble. Then the last game, obviously, the Grizz are hosting the Eastern Eagles for a rematch. Who do you got? Montana. All right. Great. 
What about the other games? I want to do the other games. Well, <laughs> I don't even have a list in front of me. There's there's five other games because that's three. Here, yeah, James. Give me I one got second. it. Oh, you got it? Oh. Yeah, I don't have it. All right. <laughs> we have Bye. Sam Houston playing the University of... Sam Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good answer. Good answer. We have Villanova playing Holy Cross. Villanova. Did you know, is Holy Cross the school? Yeah. Justin, Justin Roper. Justin Roper's the offensive coordinator for? I thought you were going to say Bill Simmons went to college. Well, that's I learned that today, too. They're one famous alums, Bill Simmons. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. What else? Uh, then we have North Dakota State playing Southern Illinois. North Dakota State. Uh, Eastern Tennessee State University plays Kennesaw State. If Kennesaw State plays how they did in Davidson, I think they could come out on top. But yeah. I'll say Kennesaw State. All right, that option sneak up on someone. That's interesting. Yeah, they went. They hung forty-eight on Davidson. That officially means that James knows more about the playoffs <laughs> this year than I do. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who Kennesaw played in the first round. Um, then we have James Madison playing Southeastern Louisiana. James Madison, but I'm not going to be sad if Southeastern Louisiana wins. <laughs> be pretty awesome. You know, be really <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd work well <laughs> Bring for those us. guys back to Missoula the next week, yeah. Is that it? That's it. All right. Hey, are you good? Maybe. All right, get out of here. Thanks, James. Love you, bud. See you, dude. See you, bud. All right. So, Colt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. This is a fan pod. We don't take ourselves seriously at all. So, hopefully, you didn't misconstrue that. <laughs> <laughs> you never know because Mike and Brent wear headphones and look really official. <laughs> Super official here. I mean, it was pretty intimidating watching you guys set up. I mean, you're breaking out <laughs> all, all, of the, all of the high-tech equipment here. I mean, it, it's this, this, is a, this is a real setup here, guys. What's ironic is that a lot of podcasters would probably say we're archaic with our setup because a lot of people run it all through computers. And yeah. Whatever. We just got sick of people bitching about the audio. We started on an iPad. You know what? This is free. <laughs> like, yeah, if you don't want to listen, no one's making that. <laughs> If you do price per second, we might be the cheapest podcast out there. <laughs> Damn so, close. Before we get into, you know, the week ahead, tell us your thoughts on the Grizz just owning the Cats two weeks ago. Well, obviously, you and I were at the tailgate afterwards, and I think the first thing I said to you is, Man, I can't believe what 16 straight years must have felt like because four <laughs> felt like an eternity. <laughs> I mean, it all was right in the world. I mean, we we came out. We played well. We left some points out there. But uh, they just, I don't think, were ready for the energy that the entire stadium got. I mean, yeah. it was rocking. I mean, that was, like, that was like the old days. I mean, mm-hmm. from the flyover to, you know, the pregame, I mean, and then the second play of the game, I was a little bit worried that it was going to be like when uh, Gustafson threw the, the yeah. long one. Yep. Uh, what was that, 16? No. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 16 or 17. It was 16 because we were home. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was a little bit worried uh, with that, but then, I mean, that defense is playing lights out. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, so Just high intensity. And we talked about it, and then we talked about it in the pod. I just didn't know how much I needed it. 
you know, <laughs> lifted a weight yeah. right off your shoulders. Um, so you you mentioned the intensity of the stadium and stuff like that. Can you think of some some games you played in that maybe were were on that level mm. where it's just rocking? Um, obviously, the the rivalry game. I yep. mean, uh, I think uh, in '04 we played them at home. That had been my senior year, and we we put one on them pretty good. I mean, we we were able to run and right. pretty much handled. You know, very similar to what the, what they did, but uh, you know, very similar to this weekend that's coming up. I mean, every single one of the playoff games, I mean, the intensity got ratcheted up. Um, I think probably the loudest that I can remember being in there was uh, that first night game against uh, New Hampshire mm-hmm. when we had Chip Kelly. I think was he the OC, OC or the head coach? The OC. Yeah. Yeah. Santos, I think, was their their quarterback. That was our first night game that ever was, in the stadium. They trucked in the lights. Yeah. Yeah. That was. That was pretty cool. I mean, just the atmosphere on that one where you at halftime went in and it was still, you know, daylight and you came out and that was the first time that Wagres was was under lights and I think it was an ESPN game, quarterfinals. Yep. So it was that atmosphere was, was rocking and then, you know, obviously going to the games, uh, the stadium being, you know, as raucous as, as, as it was, it was similar to like App State. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, I don't know, there was something last weekend that hopefully – was a was awoken in a lot of the the, the, the dormant Grizz fans uh, that that would be out there where I mean everybody from start to finish was on their feet uh, just making making a lot of noise and I think that the, the defense obviously fed off of it um, and and played their tails off. So at what point in that um, uh, cat game did you know? Hey, we've got this. What was, when was it for you? Um, that's a great question. Uh, Obviously, the, should have made you prep it. Yeah, yeah the the, uh, the the field goal. I mean, put the nail in the coffin because that 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 put it out. Oh, the fake field. Yeah, goal the block, fake field goal right? block. Yeah. You know, very poorly executed. I don't know why you would try something like that in in that spot, but uh, I think uh, Mr. Vegan was probably stretching to try to get some energy breathed into his his team, and uh, it backfired miserably on him, which was good for us. So at that point, obviously, it was you knew that the. The nail was in the coffin, but you you could you could see that they just at no point even in the first half did they ma- match any of the intensity. So I mean I th- I think you know you hate to say from from the from the onset, but you were pretty confident you know after the defense responded right away on on Junior Bergen's uh, long touchdown reception, mm-hmm. we had that you know not very timely interception and how the defense responded held him to three. I mean that. That to me was kind of the start of the runaway. Yeah, that was. Yeah, no. I mean, and we talked about it last week too. Like some of the coaches, I think, thought after the Bergen catch, it was just like, like the intensity from the crowd mm-hmm. and the the execution right out the gate from the team. And then, Cats was it three and out or they didn't do much? Was it three and out or they? I think they got a first down. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. short drive. And, and then, then we got the ball back. Like, and punted, then they, you know, they got their running game going on that second with yeah. the, the QB out, and we talked about that a little bit, um, where the defense made an adjustment the next series and stopped them the rest of the way. But you know, we got they got down to like second and two or something like that. But then they had two false starts, and um, you know, defense just kind of set that tone. I'm just trying to think of other games that I've been at in that stadium that that felt like that. But I I don't know, and this might be hyperbole. But I don't know that I've ever heard it louder than that um, Bergen touchdown. 
Like oh. that place for me it was the Ford touchdown. Well, the but Ford touchdown agreed. was like another level. Yeah, but you know, going in chronological order. Oh sure, like, sure. That place was rocking, and the Ford touchdown. Even though you know some of you people weren't back in the stadium, you could see empty seats on the. Not you people. You two, you two were. Yeah. God. Um, that place was like I. I felt like I felt like the North Engine was shaking. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I in my memory it would be the App State night game. Yeah. To be fair, I was pretty drunk in the student <laughs> section. It was all and there was. 400 too many people in that student section that you know like it was jam-packed the aisles were packed and it, everything was really energetic inside that um that space but i i think i think this last cat grace game had the highest sustained decibels across the course of the entire game that i've ever experienced i just felt like every third down was bananas um which isn't always the case. And the fans would be going crazy for like a tackle after a two-yard game. You just hear this erupt in this yeah. wall of like, ah, you know, it was great. And and I, to Matt, to mirror Colt's point a little bit, the defense definitely fed off that energy. And I'm excited again to perhaps see another version of this uh, crowd excitement this weekend. But I'm also a little nervous that we can't match it. But I want it to happen because I think if we can match the intensity with the crowd and the defense and keep some composure on offense, I, I think we're going to run away with this game a little so, bit. I don't want to get too... No, I mean, I think that's... But. We were talking about this a little bit before we turned on, and it's like that's the same feeling I had going into Cat Week. Was you know It just feels like things are going that way. But, Cold, I want to ask you a question because you know traditionally playoff crowds aren't quite as big mm -hmm. usually they're not quite sellouts yeah. but we always generally feel like they're better crowds because the people who are there it's your true football fans yeah, yeah. and, and they get it i mean it's it's winter go home and they, they they understand that there's i don't know how many seniors we have this year 20 something was it 20 it was Maybe a lot 18. when they introduced there, there was quite yeah. a few okay i don't yeah. know there i mean there's there's enough fans like obviously the guys in this room <laughs> understand that it We're most sorry. likely is going to be a lot of guys last games in there. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that there's just a different type of energy in the playoffs. Uh, so, and I think a lot of the games that we talked about, I mean, this cat game was the loudest regular season game that I remember. Yep. But we talked a lot about uh, playoff games. So, I mean, the App State game was crazy loud. The South Dakota State. Uh, South Dakota earlier. State. I was just, yeah. I was just yeah. thinking about that one. That, that, that run that the, the 09 team went on. Pretty pretty special, and then yep. in 06, was it? Uh, I think uh, UMass. UMass, was yeah, night game, yeah, 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 yeah. But that that was super cold, and it was it was it was, it was rocking. Yep. Um, but it's a different. I think it's a different type of crowd, different type of atmosphere for a playoff game. I remember there was the 03 one where we lost, mm -hmm. and it was like a crazy game, like. Back and forth. Defense was just out the door. Was that Western Illinois? It was Western Illinois. We lost on a blocked field I mean, goal at the it, end. It, uh. se it seemed like there was like 16,000 people in there, but the place was just as nuts as usual. So, yeah, playoff crowds are, are definitely a different breed. So what uh, for a player changes, if anything, as far as preparation, what your, what your normal week is like? I mean, obviously – Games on a Friday instead of a Saturday, so they probably push up the week. But the Grizz are okay because they had a bye, so they mm -hmm. were able to do it. Eastern didn't get that option. Yeah, it, it, 
it's going to hurt Eastern a little bit. It's going to bump up their prep time and, and recovery time. It would have, if it was Northern Iowa, I mean, it would have been tough for them because they would have had to fly, you know, almost across the country twice yeah. in a pretty short turn. But, you know, Bobby in his schedule, and I think he's said it in a lot of the media and, you know, I'll, we lived it firsthand is it's a very creature habit. I mean, it's, you know, this is what's going to happen on this day. You know, to your point, all, all he did is bump up, you know, your, your, your normal week by one day. So they probably had to come in on Sunday and do some film study or something along those lines. Yeah. He said tonight at QB club, that they came and did some film study. They didn't practice. They said, yeah. I probably should have made it practice. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they bumped that up, but you know, you get to go get some guys that are, you know, done being banged up, but they had a, you know, essentially a bye week last week. So they probably were working on some of the things that both teams did more of the self scout, cleaning up some of the, the mistakes on their base packages from the cat game, you know? So, uh, it's probably not going to change it a ton, but I know that a lot of the players are going to want to play. You know, obviously it's winter go home. Uh, the seniors are going to be, you know, talking about this is the last time that they get a run out of Washington Grizzly. I mean, mm-hmm. I vaguely remember mine because it was against Sam Houston State, and I might have got concussed. <laughs> so I remember the game prior a little bit more. Uh, but you know, it's 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 one of those things that that's going to be something that. Going out on the field, whatever position group you're in, size with the offensive line, tight ends, uh, our position group always met in the weight room. And we'd have kind of our, you know, pregame before you take the field. We'd always take the field an hour prior. And one of the things I can guarantee you that the, the upperclassmen in that group, you know, Moses, uh, Colin Beaver, uh, those guys are going to be talking about how, you know, they don't want to go out on their last game in Washington Grizz yeah, with yeah. an L. And there's probably going to be a little bit more motivation for what happened over in Eastern. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, there, was a, sure. <laughs> there was a receiver not to be named on here. You know, I think number one <laughs> was how, how Bobby would well, Good, I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah, so. there's, there's a receiver over in uh, Cheney that – Eastern Spokane. <laughs> might, have, uh, might have been talking a little bit more. I know, you know, you shouldn't be writing uh, checks that you're behind can't cash. There, he's going to have a target on his back, and there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to want to come downhill and hit him. You know, yeah. Gavin Robinson. I mean, they're they're going to touch him up. But I mean, that guy had 230 30 receiving yards, so it's like well, we got to catch him. Exactly. We got you know. It's like you know. Hopefully, the Grizz can can catch him and do it. So, you know, Bobby was asked about that at QB Club tonight. You know, his answer is exactly what you would expect him to give, even in that setting. It was like you know, we don't really pay attention to any of that stuff. Uh, you know, if you need that motivation. So here's what I can tell yeah. you about that. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. That is 100% BS. Because <laughs> Eastern, I can't remember the guy's name right now. He was a safety for him, And uh, I can't remember if they beat us a year prior or something, but he was running his mouth in the press, and we didn't get to meet Eastern uh, in the playoffs like they are now. But we, we went over and we played him uh, in Cheney. Uh, no, it was it was at home. It was it was one of their guys, and I remember that this guy. It was a directive that the guy that was running his mouth in the press before he played safety that uh, I played fullback. So if you had an opportunity, he had to make sure he was picking himself up off the ground. Whether that you know not no no dirty hits. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about it. You take the football out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're downfield and you get an opportunity on a long run, long pass. You, you, you know, at that time, the, you know, cut blocks were a little bit different. We could do that downfield. So you'd, you'd, you'd be getting in his legs and, you know, guys like that don't like to 
be having guys down on the lake. So my job was to make sure I was cutting them. And then we had Justin Green, you know, the yep. defensive backs coach, big dude. <laughs> yeah. He was a big dude in college. And I distinctly remember when the football was taken out of that safety from Eastern. I wish I could remember his name. <laughs> but Justin Green ran him over so hard. I think that they played on replay – the effort tape, you know, they, they yeah. do an effort tape. This guy's head bouncing off of the turf. So that that guy, the, the, all the players know what number one said. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully he doesn't play special teams. You get a bunch bunch of special teamers running downfield and trying to get shots on him. Oh my gosh, yeah. he's gonna be. You know, watch him standing around the pile in the game. So yep. if he if he's sitting there with without his head on a swivel, he's you know it's not gonna be anything dirty, but they, he's gonna know he played a football game uh, on Saturday morning. So that's a great time to, to bring something else up. So obviously QB Club, they, they show us, um, you know, select plays from the previous game and stuff like that. And Bobby showed us the whole offensive series that Troy Anderson came into the game mm-hmm. for the Cats. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, you could tell that Jace Lewis. Yeah, how about his lead block on Jace Lewis? Yes, yes. it was just like oh my Jace God. Lewis just <laughs> leveled him twice twice on one play <laughs> <laughs> it was just like yeah you don't want to be out here with these guys like they are they are ready to go and i just i you could tell that that those linebackers were hoping that troy henderson got in on offense <laughs> yeah, jones better hope that all of his are over the top because if that guy tries to catch a screen over the middle they're gonna hit him that will be that'll be tough yeah It'll be a physical game. I mean, I mean, they're not. They're not gonna. They're not going to. I'm not saying that they're going to knowingly like try to hurt him or do anything dirty, but they're gonna. They're gonna touch him up and let him know that they heard his comments in the press. I mean, it would be the same kind of physical type game we saw against the Cats. Hundred percent. Yeah, with just that type of hitting and the just yeah finishing plays like we saw. That was like some other clips where we saw in the game where it's like we have a pile up and. Suddenly, the, the safeties are coming in from ten yards deep to make sure the you know to make sure the pile doesn't down. move another inch or so and yeah. things like that. <laughs> the pile's gonna go backwards. Yeah, <laughs> pile's so. gonna go backwards. And, and opposing fans like to bitch about that. You know, they're just playing hard through the whistle. You know what? When we played Eastern the first time, <clears throat> I was really surprised with the intensity with which their defense played. Yeah, agreed. I, I, that, that's not what they were known for, but okay. they they impressed me and. I've seen um, probably three of their games since since they played the Grizz, and they haven't had that same level of defensive intensity. They, I think they they felt they had something to prove. We got their best shot. We beat UW, and I think they wanted to say, like, well, we're the best team in Washington this year. I mean, I guess it's probably WSU, but whatever. I was hoping the Grizz would win the Apple Cup this last weekend, but it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel like this time around, it's the Grizz defense that's going to be thinking they have something to prove. 100%. Yeah. But the thing is, like looking back at that game, and we're going to get into Eastern, so we're probably veering off a little bit here, but um, you know, we're probably eliminating one of Cam Humphrey's bad turnovers away from a win. Or the, the botched field goal. Yeah, where they didn't get was. any points on that fake field goal that half the team knew and half the team didn't. Yeah, I mean, you take out one pick, you take out that field goal. Um, would your would your guy caught it? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Second best hands on the team. Oh, Lord. I'm not going there. Um, 
before we veer too much out, um, anything else on the brawl? We've had you know a week plus for you guys to think about this. We 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 went on and on about this last week. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. I made James rewatch it this weekend. I can tell Colt, you have like a a different level of vindictive when it comes to the the Grizz Cat game. Do you experience this like with other people that you meet in your life that call them like that think they don't like the cats, and you're like, no, I don't like the cats more than you. <laughs> That's a great question. You know, here here's the thing is that uh, I've got some really good friends, believe it or not, that are Bobcats. Okay. They're people that have actually played in the game, so they understand. Uh, There's a mutual level of respect. Yeah. So uh, Ryan Elliott, uh, he actually mm. works with, with us. He played fullback. He was on the team for that beat us for the first time in 16 years. So sure. he obviously has some some extra credibility over the top of me on, on some of the stuff because we were there same yeah. time. Uh, another kid, uh, Cruz Sewing, um, he, he's – Another great kid, played receiver from, for him, um, played about the same time my cousins were there. So they understand the game. Yeah. The part that's tough is when somebody goes, oh, hey, it's a Montana school. you got to cheer for them. Uh. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to lose in everything. <laughs> if they had a checkers team, I'd be, I would be rooting for you know, Abilene Christian to beat them in checkers. <laughs> I don't want them to be successful in any sporting event. I mean, it's probably a great school. Great thing, but their their athletic department, like I'm not I'm not a fan. Okay, so this leads in as just a hypothetical here. Sure. You got a couple of young kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this <laughs> you know where this is going. <laughs> so you know, like if I working at the university, um, I think that I can objectively say that UM does a lot of things um, at the academic level way better than MSU. Um, you know, to some extent, the Board of Regents picks and chooses what they fund at each mm-hmm. school um, and vice versa. MSU has programs that are top notch and either we haven't been able to re- replicate them. Um, we haven't been allowed to replicate them. One of these, let's say, is engineering. What if one of your kids is like, Dad, I really want to be an engineer. Do you send that child to MSU or do you pay extra money and pony up for out-of-state tuition and send them to an equally as good engineering school out-of-state? Luke, that is a great question. <laughs> I've already started my 529s to account for that <laughs> contingency. So, yes, I've got young kids, but yes, that I would pay You're going to Texas A&M. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Texas A&M, Montana Tech, they still could go in-state. Colorado mean, State yeah, University. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, all, all joking aside, they got a great school. Uh, it's nothing against like their school. Maybe some of the people in Bozeman I don't really see eye to eye with. You know, just a little bit different vibe. But uh... see, here's the thing. I do have a problem with their school because they've got some programs that are great, but they have other programs that are shit. And we have all of these guidance counselors in high schools across Montana that don't put any thought into it. And just say, well, if you want a good education, go to MSU, and that's bullshit. If you want to be a doctor, you're better off coming to UM. You know, if you want to be prepared for MSU's nursing program, you are better off at UM. Like there are programs. Drives me nuts, but this is not a podcast about educational programs. I'm just trying to uncover the layers of vindictiveness here, Mike. <laughs> so where where it stems from, and this is where it's salted, and I haven't been back since 2003. 
at all. I will not go back to Bozeman. I mean, Mike and I talked. I mean, it's gonna. We've got a nine-year-old <laughs> boys basketball tournament in Bozeman in March. Like, it's giving me anxiety. If I go, I'm gonna have to stay in Livingston. <laughs> Is Belgrade pack, too close? No, it might be. I might have to pack <laughs> snacks and make sure I don't have to go to any of the any of the uh, restaurants or anything else like that in Bozeman. But so where it stemmed from for me, Luke, is the last game we played over there, and they got us. Which I mean, good on them. They be, they beat us in the game. I think it was at the time it was 2003. It was one of the coldest, if not coldest, games on record. And they, it was when they had a grass field. Field was frozen. Levander Seegers ended up, like, muffing a, a kickoff return and, you know, hit his hand on the ground. And he thought his hands were just cold, but he actually broke his hand, like, on the first play of the game and didn't know it because it was so stinking cold. Jeez. So, I mean, Ooh. that part wasn't ideal. And, I mean, all the other things that you get at most places, like, they throw snowballs. Not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can throw snowballs. You can talk trash. You know, whatever. The part to me that really cemented the dislike and why I won't go back there is at halftime they had those stupid horses. You know, people are horse people out there. I'm sorry, but, you know, when it's like 10 below and you back the horses into the opposing team's locker room and have them shit all over to where when you're coming out, you have to step in horse shit, you know, coming out after halftime. That part classless, was less than ideal, <laughs> right? So then, like I said, a super cold game, and then you go back in, and I mean, pretty nice place, right? Nice university, yeah. No hot water, right? Oh, yeah, geez. no hot water for the showers. So that part was kind of a, a bummer. I mean, you know, again, whatever. But then, like in our compound, and I, you know, and they can say whatever they want, but I know that our university takes pretty good care of making sure that the players are. You know, not around, like, the fans, like, after the game. Mm-hmm. After the game, we are on our bus getting ready to go. They beat us. You know, hands down, they beat us. We should have played better. We should have kicked their ass. But we didn't. They had fans coming onto the team bus after the game, you know, running their mouth. And, you know, we're sitting there trying to kind of, you know, take it, you know, do whatever. I mean, it's inside their little compound. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that that would not happen. At UM. So, no. they, I mean, they got, they, got, they got people that are coming on our bus. And Corey Proctor, if anybody knows him, he ended up yep. playing for the Dallas Cowboys, a really big guy. Mm. So, it was uh, a guy and a girl, and both of them had long hair. <laughs> and uh, um, the guy with long hair is in the front, and Corey Proctor is getting up to walk from the back of the bus to the front, and he was going to go take care of it. And the only thing that saved this guy's life <laughs> was Dom Dasty. I'll never forget Dom Dasty's big hand. He was a big uh, big offensive too. lineman. Yeah, from, big yeah, guy, yeah. Yeah, from uh, UW. And he wasn't too far out of his playing days. Coming up over out of the out of the bus steps, grabbed the dude by the hair. The girl got out. He grabs the dude by his ponytail and throws him out of the bus. So, I mean, it's it's just one of those things that, yeah. So that that's why I haven't been back since 2003. The... The way they police the fan grizzly player interactions still fucking sucks. And we've noted this the last yeah. two games there where they beat us. Yeah. Fine. Yep. You know, can't take anything away from them. But they have three chubby sheriff's deputies trying to wall off their student section who sits like right at the entrance. Right above them. Yeah. Through which. Both, both 19 and 17 when we were in the stands, because that's. 
your the visitors' tickets are kind of above where the visitors go into the locker room at the Cat Stadium, and we thought there were going to be fights, like because their fans, their students are streaming in, they're walking, running right through Grizz players, they're talking crap, they're touching them, them. they're touching, they're them. pushing I mean, them. They're MSU is lucky that nobody got seriously hurt. I, I don't know if they care, but yeah, yeah. So that's a problem. So there you go. There's another thing we do better than them. Definitely. No one, I don't think students stormed the field. No, they kept everybody off the field. Yeah. You can do it if you're competent. Do you know who's not? <laughs> MSU. MSU. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was probably a, a little bit deeper dive than you guys probably wanted. No, I but like, that's, that's why I have not been back since 03. Let's, let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, let's let's, let's talk about let's the unpack, trauma. Let's talk about your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> How did that make you feel? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, driving in, you got the nine-year-olds giving you the bird, which, again, that's cool. Whatever. I mean, I don't think I'd have our kids, you know, quite to that level. Not quite. I'm also, uh, I'm an obnoxious fan. Like, if you sit by me, I'm probably, yeah. But I can't imagine going on on an opposing team's bus. That's 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 insane. You had nothing to do with the game. I mean... I screamed and yelled, yeah, but I didn't have shit to do with the Grizz beating the Cats <laughs> last week. Like, going on the bus? It would just That's also nuts. scare me. Like, well. that there'd be a Corey Proctor type. I mean. Oh, it, Dom Dasty saved that man's life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to tell you. It, it would have it made all the. I mean, would, would Corey been in the wrong? For going up and just mopping the floor no, with a guy? No, probably not. not I mean, the guy coming on the opposing team's Well, bus. we know now. I felt threatened. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> you had money on loot going there. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Odds were pretty even. So yeah. <laughs> Anything else from your kind of playing days? Um, kind of stories about the stadium or game days or or things like that that jump out to you as something that you know casual listeners of this. Uh, three-hour fan pod might uh, <laughs> might like to know about. I, I just, I think it goes, I mean, obviously the guys talk about it in the, in the media, but the impact that the crowd has in, in knowing when to be, you know, just absolutely losing your mind and, you know, when to, uh, you know, when the offense is on the field, it's a little bit different. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that you can't, it's a, it's a huge advantage uh, for, for the Grizz, and it's, to me, it's what makes this place special. It's why, you know, home games, I think that's probably why we might have done a little bit better on the road than at, than at home because it really geeks up the other other team's players as well because mm-hmm. that's going to be the biggest, yeah, yeah. most fun environment that a lot of those kids are ever going to play in. You know, non-conference yeah. games. I mean – Even conference know, games. I yeah, mean, conference games too. I mean, yeah. Community them. College to the East, I mean, they probably got to, you know – Okay. <laughs> Compared to everybody else in the conference, yeah. yeah Absolutely. I mean, you, we'll give them that. Back in the day, going to Weber, I mean, everybody left after the band played. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's similar to, to Idaho now. I mean, it is, it the is. most entertaining thing I think you told me was the band. It's the band, right? Yeah. So, the band's good. The music program's yeah. great at Idaho. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Idaho is where I've got my best road record as an opposing fan. There you go. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it's – being able to have the support, I mean, obviously it's probably not that yeah. uncommon, but it, it, it makes I a big deal. And it's, it's just one of those things that 
we were kind of losing it a little bit a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of them that stood out to me was a night game against uh, NAU. NAU, which I still think is the only game where a quarterback got tossed for targeting. Like mm-hmm. I don't that, think was any, that was the most incredible game. That was a, that was ever. It's the weirdest game. Oh. Yeah. Luke has a a photo of me leaning over because my seats are right in the front row of the north end zone in line with the corner of the end zone. So, you know, right by the visitor tunnel. Leaning over because Case Cook has went crazy when he got ejected. Like flipping off the crowd, like crazy. And so we, of course, you know, when he started doing that, we were ushering him off. (laughs) My favorite part is when they announced that he was ejected for targeting and he started yelling at the crowd, I knew immediately Mike was going to be into this. And so I was like searching for my phone, <laughs> just waiting for Mike. And Target acquired. Like clockwork, there's a picture of Mike, and he's just pointing down at Case, yelling. Case has his like, helmet off. And probably good office. effort. Yeah, good effort. Nice job. Nice try. There's warm water in the locker room for you. Yeah. You know, we're good hosts. You, you're probably... Saying transfer portal. <laughs> I did say that to Vernon Adam once after they beat us the one time that Vernon won at Washington Grizzly Stadium, and he did transfer to Oregon. So yeah. maybe that. Worked. I mean, that that was 100 percent you. I yeah. didn't get credit yeah. for that. <laughs> so Cole, a more motivating thing: Grizz touchdown in the stadium, crowd goes nuts, or Grizz touchdown in a hostile road environment. I guess maybe Ooh. state and crowd goes silent. I loved road games. Yeah. Home, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Love playing at home, but you know, Bobby talks about the Evil Empire. I think you know we yeah. had the the Star Wars the Evil Empire shirts for for our road travel shirts. I don't think they do that anymore. They don't anymore. But that's awesome. Right. Going on the road where everybody hates you, yeah, and they're letting you know about it, and they're they think yeah. I mean, kind of like Luke was talking earlier, where Eastern was geeked up. We just didn't make enough plays to take their crowd out of it. We let them be in it. But when you go and you take a crowd out of the environment, and then it gets into you know the third and fourth quarter where you're just pounding on them and leaning on them, or you just you know you know that the game's not really ever in doubt, and they think they have a chance, and you're just like, okay, watch. We're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna squat on the ball like when we were watching the Navy poetry yep. in motion. <laughs> Option. All right, here we go. Four-minute four offense. You guys think you have a chance? No. Nope. And then you run the clock out, and, yeah, done. Or, done. or, like, you know, a touchdown on the road or a big first down. Yeah. Something along those lines. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but, you know, that, that would be my, so, my awesome. pick. You just said something that we've kind of talked about on here, but that over the, you know, history of Washington Grizzly Stadium, you know, it's been a tough place to play. But I think especially – for conference foes, I don't think it's as tough as it used to be. And it's not necessarily – I mean, I think some of it was we went through a little stretch there where, you know, maybe things weren't quite as exciting as they were. But I think generally, generationally, kids have changed. And with, with like, you know, Instagram and they're living their lives on social media and clips and stuff like that, I think what you were saying about the conference, you know, home games versus away games this year makes sense with – Opposing players get pumped up to play there, mm-hmm. whereas I think they used to get nervous to play there. Oh, yeah. So what do you think's maybe changed since even when you played on that regard? Probably just the attitude of the kids, and I, I, th- I think that, you know, the environments. I mean, realistically, how many environments are like UM, 
MSU. I mean, where, where's where's the third best place to play? I don't even know. Weber is really <laughs> into their mountain. They've been telling about us, They're telling us about it on Twitter. On Twitter, this week. they've got a nice mountain next to their stadium. Yeah. Yes. But not a lot of fans show up to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're all hiking. The, the yeah, they're good dudes at that podcast. They are. We like them better than others. So, <laughs> so you'd say maybe we were. Th- so I, I think I think there's something to it. I mean, it's just one of those things yeah. that they can they yeah. can post their clips where they've got you know, let's be conservative, twenty four thousand in the background. I mean, you know, it's 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 a little bit tougher now. I think that even with the game day experience, one of the things that's happening is that you know. When it kind of feels like you're going to a trade show, yeah. <laughs> where it was a little bit different than that, it was more of like an event. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm you interesting. Know, I don't well, know if I'm bringing special. that up. Where I mean, even like a tailgate. I mean, there's and again, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's today's day and age. But you got all sorts of you know huge commercial equipment like yeah. excavators and stuff. Which I mean, I'm into that. <laughs> you know that. But every, every feel, toy you could find. It feels like you're going to a trade show, and there's instead of replays of, you know, the play that just happened that you want to see. Oh man, was that really a hold on you know whomever, or did they step out of bounds? Yeah, instead, it's the, they put up a you know an ad for you know Windermere Real yeah, Estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah realtors, the official realtor, yeah. yeah. officially Kubota tractor. <laughs> yeah, the Kubota tractor guys. Yeah. guys. Shout out to Orange. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. ruining ruining college sports. Ah, uh, yeah. you're welcome. But I mean, no. But it's. True. I just think no, it's that good, it's absolutely a great point. Where if you know, if you're in one of those smaller stadiums or venues, and you got the ESPN Plus now with Pluto, I mean, let's be honest, that that, that was terrible. Yeah. When you got ESPN Plus now, and you can watch it on your you know 55, 70 inch or mm-hmm. whatever TV, and not have to deal with as much of the stuff, yep. I and mean, you're still going to get the same trade show type feel sitting on your couch. I mean, that, that, that's where I think that a lot of it, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier, kind of the fans need to know that the kids definitely need your support. Right? Yeah. You get out there and be be loud. Well, I think your point, like the atmosphere of the cat game, mm-hmm. and I think the night game against Western Illinois as well, too, for a good stretch, like kind of brings more people back to the stadium mm-hmm. for just the, the atmosphere. Like that Southern Utah game was no was a snoozer. And Sac State was – a bummer you know and so but it was like i think a lot more people were just kind of reminded of like like the peak of where the stadium could be if like you can keep it going yeah so and i don't know if the the folks that are like listening to like the doing the game day experience here you know like as far as like the music and like the timing and even like the replays i mean you know i we kind talked of, about the replays. i kind of i kind of knocked on them a little bit but whoever is on that team, I mean, they had they brought their A game for that. For I mean, the, hopefully, yep. yeah. I mean, the music, the replays, I, everything was like, on point. It felt like they just like went back like yep. fifteen years. Yeah. Like, All right, well, just it, do everything we haven't done. It actually, it. to your point, it felt like they they played more music and did less commercials. Yeah, because it's like Big going time. back and yeah. watching the game. Like you can hear kind of the same music after almost every big defensive play, as opposed to Peter Christian, you know, reading. 15 seconds of something like it felt mm-hmm. like it was more here's the next ad read yeah even the grizz skits are sometimes they, they take the energy out mm-hmm. because there's a plot that you have to follow you know what i mean like yeah. have yeah. you ever seen like i'm sure you guys have investigated this with children but like how fast kids cartoons cut from like camera angle to camera angle and like the faster it is 
the more addicting those shows are for people for kids. Mm, um, they don't have time to lose their focus. Yeah, the, but also there's a tension there between like the more likely they are to cause like ADHD and stuff. I I think I think uh, the Grizz Vision should be ran that way too. They have to treat us. Like eight year olds, like ADHD eight year olds, keep it popping. And if we have a if we have a two minute skit with Monty, you're like losing you're, you're losing people, it takes the energy out of it. There's no noise. You have to listen to the audio. Yeah, more music. Well, I do think that we we really can't get a straight answer on replays in the stadium, but we think there's a Big Sky policy that says they can only replay controversial plays once. I think that UM and maybe they need to get MSU on board and they need to do it jointly. They need to pull their weight and kind of push back on the conference and say, look, we rely on people coming. We sell tickets. Like, We need the in-game experience to be better than watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. And one of the benefits of watching it on TV is replays, replay after replay and you can rewind after it. replay. So it's like you, if there's plays, you got to show us. Um, last question for you kind of in this vein of stuff before we, we maybe move on to what's ahead. You obviously – Spent four years in the program, played as a true freshman, mm-hmm. um, played two years for Glenn, right? And Correct. two years for Coach Houck. Yep. What was that transition like from those two? And maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, what their similarities are and what their differences are. Um, so we'll start with Joe because we got to see him when the, the Sac State game came up. I mean, he's, he's the ultimate, I don't think, cheerleader – uh, but he's he's just very he's a motivator. He, he's a motivator. He brings a lot of energy, and you know he had good assistant coaches. I mean, he to this day he go up and remember where you're from, what high school you went to, and your high school mascot. He's got like a, a <laughs> photographic memory. That's I mean, true. Colt stuck me into their uh, national championship banquet. You guys know this. Yeah. But I mean, it was impressive. He was walking up to guys twenty years. Yeah. Remembered their parents. Remember, it was impressive. Yeah. So I mean, Joe. Joe was awesome uh did a good job of motivating uh, he had good assistant coaches um then the transition to bobby you know some guys didn't like it at all mm-hmm. i really liked it well bobby's I mean, your type of guy oh, <laughs> Bobby, bobby's a no no nonsense you know where you stand and it's pretty black and white i mean he kind of he's got a persona in the media right i mean you know with his the way that he interacts, even with like, you know, Coulter or whatnot, mm-hmm. when it, hey, we only have one rival, you know, and, and people might not understand that he's just kind of, you know, messing with him it's a little bit. He comes off just kind of, you know, very, uh, you know, a little bit rough, but behind the scenes and some of them going, you know, he, he's, I don't know if player's coach is the right terminology, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, if you play your tail off, you do things the right way, you're never going to have an issue uh, with with Bobby or his staff. I mean, I think he has a lot of like-minded coaches where if you want to see the field, they're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it might not be something that you want to hear, but it's it's no it's no sugarcoating. You know, you know exactly the the footing you stand on. I'm not saying that that wasn't the way with Joe, mm-hmm. but I mean, it is very very transparent with Bobby. I mean, some of the mind games that people say he plays with, you know, who's the starting quarterback or whatnot. I mean, he does – he wants to have somebody that's mentally tough because you're going to go through, 
you know, challenges throughout the year. And, you know, kind of what happened with Gresh and, you know, Dalton. Yeah. I mean, you got to be mentally tough to, to, to do that. And he's not going to – I think the thing that, you know, I don't know exactly went down, but, you know, where Gresh – Felt like it was his. I just don't think handed. Gresh knew what to expect, and no. nobody prepped him. Yeah, like and, Dalton, and, knew. Dalton, yeah. Dalton knew. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And Dalton said, "Okay, this this is this is the expectation. I go out, I work my ass off. I'm a good teammate, and you know, the, everything else will kind of fall into place." Dalton, there was that interview. I think he did with the Mint. Maybe it was somebody where yeah. he basically they asked him about like what was the like how did you become the number one QB, and he basically said. Well, the first spring practice, they never told us who was number one QB, so they just said number one offense. And I looked at Gresh, and they hadn't said anything to either one of us, and Gresh didn't move, so I went out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, take it. Well, and that's part of Bobby's gamesmanship is going to see in the moment. Are you going to step up? Who's going to step up? Yeah. And, you know, it's just – it's one of those things that I think he's got kind of a young roster right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know – Look at our running backs. I mean, all we got a bunch of freshmen. Yeah, that kind of yeah stuff. Right. so yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and I mean, even when when uh, um, Cam got hurt, I mean, and again, bunch bunch of freshmen. So I mean, yeah. it's just it's just one of the things that I think I really liked Bobby's very open, mm-hmm. transparent. I mean, he'd coach you hard, which I appreciated. But then, I mean, the same thing. He's like, you made a mistake, you knew about it. But if you did something well. I mean, he let you know about it. So he didn't ever let you get too high, which is cool. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things where, you know, very regimented. I mean, it. I mean, down to the hour of the day of the week. I mean, you always knew where you needed to be, why you needed to be there. I mean, and that's something that I really, really appreciated, you know, with him. And I think that's what makes him successful. Yeah. One of the things that we've heard when we've talked to – uh, how players from the first go around is similar to what you just said. You know, he coached you hard, but they'll say, you know, we weren't friends with him when he was our coach. Mm-hmm. But then when you finish playing, for the most part, we've heard from everybody, he cares about us. Like, 100%. You know, it's like you, you see, it's like it transitions and you know that he cares and he appreciates the time you put in. Yeah. One of the observations we've kind of made from the outside of this kind of second go around is it maybe seems like. He's a little bit more open in letting the players know that he cares about him, and sometimes we wonder if that isn't because his son's on the team. So those guys relate to him a little different. Um, but that we you know we don't really talk to current players. I, I so. think I think he was thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. he's our age. Yeah, yeah. he was our I age mean, running a football program. He was our age. Came from being a position coach to being a head coach. Yeah, I mean he had something to prove. I mean, there's probably things that within my career that when I started. 16 years ago to now, I probably would have handled a little bit differently and with a little bit less enthusiasm. I I hope you two are really self-reflective about this part of the podcast because you guys coach now. So here's here's my approach to coaching. So Colt's a head man in football. Our buddy Jay's a head man in basketball. Our buddy Nick's a head man in baseball. I do not want any serious responsibility in youth sports. Um, I'm always, you know, I call myself the fifth string coach on all the teams. Like, I will show up and do whatever the guys want. Wait, are you the Mac Daddy? No. You're the Mac he Daddy? Is the Mac Daddy. <laughs> Mac Daddy the coach. Um, 100%. <laughs> there was a great um, – Colt and I in baseball, um, we always were the guys that had to – 
we we always were moving equipment, and and Coach Nick is going to listen to this pod. So we always moving equipment, and somebody found a, a clip from oh, kicking we, and screaming, kicking and screaming, Will Ferrell oh, movie, yeah. and it's where Mike Ditka's there as like the assistant coach on this soccer team to Will Ferrell, and Mike Ditka starts talking, and Will Ferrell's like something along the like, don't talk. I talk. You're the juice box guy. <laughs> That's right. When I need something, I just want to hear you go, where's the juice box? <laughs> so my approach to youth sports, I'm the juice box guy. You know, I'll, I'll fill up the water. I'll, I, will, I will stand there. I'll yell at the ump if we need it. You know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Do you make sure the players are mentally tough, Mike? Because <laughs> you never know when a, when a podcaster is going to criticize the starter and call for the backup. So you know what's interesting? Going through, you know, the first season of all of this, I mean, like, you know, they've been doing different sports for different seasons, but it, it felt like, you know, the last couple of years are when you feel like they're really starting to get competition at the youth level. Like, you know, they're, they're figuring it out. They like to win. And so baseball this year was the first year the kids did – player pitch because prior to this you know coach pitch and stuff like that and baseball is kind of the first sport they all played where it's like you fail publicly and alone you know mm-hmm. you strike out and it's just you <laughs> you know you make that miss that play in the outfield or you miss that play in the outfield, it's just you so i was usually the guy that was standing at the end of the dugout you know and whether the good or bad like i'd try and be positive when they go in and then you know we'll see what coach Coach Colt, and Coach Nick, and Coach Jay, Coach John, our, our Butte guy is great. Everybody's we, got, got great Butte coaches. Guy. Everybody's yeah. got to have right. a Butte guy in the mix. <laughs> it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Mike makes him mentally tough. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> We're going to need you to take a seat, Jaden. I, I prep, I was going to say, I, I, I prep him for uh, Colt making him really mentally tough. <laughs> uh, I have a confirmation that uh, the UM is not allowed to show. So they are not allowed to show plays more than once, and it has to be a play that the refs can see on replay only. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Anonymous source. Can't cite who. I have a guess, but we don't need to go into it. Interesting. I'd love to see Brent's text messages. I know. He's got so many insiders in that phone. That, yeah. 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 All right. Interesting. Well, if you need to know more about my youth sports coaching, you can talk to Colt afterwards. I don't take myself myself too seriously. I, I'm not the one bringing after, the major after no late night Facebook gotta, rants. You just okay. <laughs> oh, that's so, that is so perfect. After the pod, you just got to ask him about his Fourth uh, of July tournament versus Bozeman. Oh he was God. channeling his inner Bobcat. I think we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> It was classic. <laughs> Colt wasn't far behind. We're probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Coach I'll remember two hours from now. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So normally we have fan questions. Yeah. Later uh, on. Yeah. Do we, and we've got a couple for you, Colt. Okay. Uh, so we, we put this out here that we're, we're going to have you uh, on the pod. And actually, I don't I, do we have some on Twitter, too? We've got a bunch on Egress. So you pull, start doing that. Uh, right? So Zootown Rocks is asking um, – the change basically do you ever have to change your game prep week doing uh due to having to travel on a or a friday or play a friday game you probably never played a friday game for the grizz um i don't think we ever had i can't remember was the national championship a friday i think it might have been i think it might have been yeah it might have been yeah so i think but you're there the whole week weren't yeah we were there for quite a bit of it but uh the only thing that would change 
is usually, and I don't know what it is now, but when we when we played, we'd have to go in and get treatment on Sundays and you know do a little bit of film study. Yeah. Uh, so probably what they did is they just bumped up and you know you do treatment and maybe like a walkthrough. Sure. Um, but then everything Lighter else kind of yeah. keeps keeps within that same uh, schedule because it's it's very creature of habit. I mean, it's just you know what to expect, you know what you're gonna do. It just bumps it up one 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 day. Yeah. So it wouldn't be all right. too crazy, um, but you know that that's all that would change. And like we talked about for the Grizz this time, like big help that we had the week off. Too, yep. Right. Hundred yeah. percent. Uh, okay, so Chris Fan four hundred six was asking about how many coaches he played for and comparing the styles. We, yeah. we covered there that. We go. Uh, Five hundred three Grizz was asking um, if we've got a dream non conference opponent for road trip, like a road trip. Dream non conference. Uh, one of the ones that we did that was pretty awesome was we went and played Hofstra. Yeah, and we played them in O oh, two. Yeah. They don't have a team anymore. They don't. The Flying Dutchman. Yep. Yeah. The Hoster Pride. One of the only teams that doesn't end in an S. Look at that. That's a trivia question. So if you guys need <laughs> wow. that, you can get that. Well, there we go. Uh, you, and, you and Riley bringing right. trivia to these things. Let's go. So uh, my dream one, I, we got to go do it. We got to stay in Long Island. So that that was pretty That was yeah. pretty cool. Um, I think some of the, the bigger school games that the, the guys get to play now are pretty awesome. Like when we went and played Tennessee, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, it was Jordan yeah. Johnson's first, first start. Yeah, yeah, first, first start. start. Uh, yeah. He went down there. He played really, really well. And it was, we were like in the game until the, the rain delay. Yes. Um, so I was actually talking a lot of trash to the <laughs> Tennessee Vols fans. I hate the song Rocky Top. So <laughs> I heard a story. At this game, because my managing broker is John Brower. Okay. And so his son, Brett, was on that team. Okay. I believe a family member of yours was having a real good time in the stands. Oh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a family so, member of mine. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know Not a family well. member. But, yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah, yes. Similar. Yeah, right, same last name. Right. But, yeah. Uh, right so in front. Yes. I had I, heard some of the story. I was like, come on, man. This is not the place. Yeah. But. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's exactly. Funny. Uh, okay, so let me see. Uh, other questions? Boy, I think that was actually like, – it's kind of so, funny. I think we covered a handful. Yeah, I think yeah, we touched ahead. on a couple of them. Um, someone wants to know, what was your favorite pregame breakfast meal? Did you do the same thing oh, every breakfast game? Breakfast burritos, or, man. Burritos. Let's go. Yes. We were over in the lodge. Were they the Grizz burritos? Like the, uh, kind of – They had a little cook. A little, they, yeah, a little, like little work down one. Yeah. yeah, so the, 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 uh, the old boy, so it would be a burrito or uh, – he had a great handlebar mustache, and we used to do handlebar mustaches during the playoffs in his honor. Which uh, <laughs> I bet he loved. Oh God, he had a gr- he had the best handlebar mustache and made the best omelets around. So yes, the omelet guy. So it was either it was either a breakfast burrito. Okay. Uh, breakfast burritos were more away games because they would make those from the uh, the old uh, what was that called? What the? It's not the food zoo, but the country store. Country, country store. Oh, yeah. Country so they they'd give us uh, breakfast burritos. Uh, sausage, eggs, gravy, cheese, let's go. And then uh, home games would be uh, the Fu Manchu, handlebar mustache, uh, uh, omelets. All right. Nice. You take it. That's, That's a great question. <laughs> great question. See, these are the inside things that we would never think to ask. But All right. Um, let's see. Someone else, Casey Owen, wants to know, it's rare to meet the team twice in the same season. How hard do you think it is to beat an opponent, especially a conference opponent, twice you've had a couple when you played mm-hmm. sam houston mm-hmm. right and there was somebody else too wasn't there? were you on the team when we played weber twice in a year or was that i was not way? that was my cousins okay so yes we 
my senior year, we went down and just got, we were the number, I think we were the number one team. Yeah, we were. We were, yeah. So we went down there and got absolutely Early, destroyed. Like second or, yeah, guys uh, like first or second on the field. Yeah, like Adam Hogue. The heat and the humidity. Yeah, and, Adam yeah. Hogue. He puked. Hey, hopefully he listens to this. Yeah, <laughs> puked on TV. Then, <laughs> then you know, to clean it up, they took out the, like a, like a, Gatorade jug and had like still the ice cubes and stuff on it. Like the next play, like it was a pretty important play, and we had a guy slip in the ice and huge. Oh, <laughs> oh. Got us off the field. Oh. So yeah, uh, but yeah, we ended up beating them. Um, Tough Harris had, uh, I think, an interception return and maybe a punt return for a touchdown. I don't know. I got knocked out on the third, third play of the game on a punt. So or oh, fourth play. Don't go. Th- don't go three and out. Uh, pro tip. <laughs> If, you're, if your shoulders go perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, then, then something's wrong. But uh, uh, I think that preparation-wise, I mean, there's going to be that added uh, little juice that the defensive guys got to, to prove something. And then, you know, if we can clean up some of the stuff on the offense and not have some bad turner, turnovers going into score, I mean, it was a seven-point game and we kind of handed it to them. So um, if we limit our turnovers and play like we did against the Cats and don't put our defense in a tough position – I think it's going to be tough to tough to score on the D because they're they're going to have extra motivation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, so let's talk about Eastern for a little bit, and then you know if you've got a life and need to go I, home, I, you, you I can. I have one more question. Oh, we got one more question here before we we talk about Eastern. Okay, maybe it's a two parter. Who was the best all around athlete on the team uh, when you were a freshman? Okay. When I was a freshman. For that, so that's the 01 team. The 01 team. All around best athlete. Atu Molden. Atu. Interesting. That Interesting. Guy was, that guy was special. Oreo, I mean, <clears throat> Atu, Atu had more speed, mm-hmm. but he was, the things that he could do was, was pretty impressive. I mean, we obviously had a lot of, uh, Calvin Coleman, uh, he was very impressive. Vinny Huntsberger. I mean, from a, from an athletic side, I mean, might not have been the fastest guy, but that dude was always in the right spot. So I don't know, athletically, like just pure freak athleticism, mm-hmm. it would be Atu Molden. Probably one of the tough, tough would probably be one of the most freak athletes that I've ever seen, um, or Lavander Seegers. Okay, that, I was going to say, who's the best athlete you ever played with then? Probably tough. Yeah. Because we had one, because Bobby's winter conditionings were notorious for just kicking your ass. Yeah. And we were up in the uh, East Auxiliary Gym. Yeah. Can't remember what we were doing. But it was one thing where somehow there was a basketball there. I don't remember the exact circumstances. But there's a basketball there, and Bobby goes, tough, if you can 360 jam that, we don't have to do it. I think it was like more lines or something like that. <laughs> Dude took it after we – I mean, this was like the end of conditioning. Like two steps, hop, 360, stuffs it. I mean, it was what? the most impressive thing I have ever seen. Oh, so, was yeah. his did, – did his hair just whip around? Oh, he had, the best, he had the best hair. Yeah. That <laughs> dude. Yeah, he was, he was a, a very – Special athlete <laughs> and, a, and a really good dude, and it was a lot of fun. I got to see him. He was up uh, uh, for the Sac State game with a lot of the old oh, yeah, guys. Yeah. So yeah, he's that's probably the biggest freak athlete that you know I had been around. Mm-hmm. Still incredibly good looking as well. Oh yeah, chiseled face. <laughs> I was say, up until talk about this, you, I'm like you, three pots. Of all the of all the people who know him, you've gone the longest without being like, and he's the most handsome man I've ever met. So. <laughs> 
course it does. Just a good dude. Just an all-round good dude. Good question. <clears throat> awesome. I, I have one more question. <laughs> I'm looking at the at the Grizz Media Guide, and it ha- have you looked at this from your freshman year? I have not. Um, you list. Imagine you're 18 again. Maybe okay. 19, depending on your birthday. When this is 18, probably 18. Yeah. What do you What do you imagine you listed as your favorite hobby? Oh my god. <laughs> Favorite hobby? Wait, you're digging deep here. <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. I don't know. What we used to go to a bunch of like sports racing or like car racing. What 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 I put for hobby? You put the most suck up thing of all time. What? Weightlifting. Oh, oh my goodness. Meathead. <laughs> but that's also like that I can see. Actually, that. I want like, you want your eighteen yeah. year olds to be really into late weightlifting. In the gym. Meathead. That's all I, I do. One hundred percent meathead. But that that to me, like the games on Saturday were a ton of fun. But being able to hang out with the guys in the locker room, wait Mike knows I'm kind of a prankster. I like to joke. And a lot of my, and I, they can't be shared on the pod because no. some of those are yeah. very, <laughs> very, like, those are for the vault. But uh, <laughs> but just the relationships that you got to build with guys that you probably wouldn't wouldn't really anticipate. Like me and Jayton Simpson, dudes from two totally different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. One of my best buds. Yeah. Uh, nice. It's just one of those things that we would always, you know, we, we'd be lifting buddies. Like he was one of the first guys I met. I mean, from uh, Long Beach Polytechnic. Uh yeah, it's just one of those Jayton Leron Simpson, man. That, that's that's my boy. I always, we got to do a lot of lifting together. I always say Jayton was – he doesn't live in Missoula anymore, right? He no, actually he, just moved yeah, back. Right. He, I think he's right over here, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Jayton, I yeah. used to say he was the hardest working human in Missoula because I remember once going to the mall because my I think my my flip phone like was <laughs> messed up. Yeah. And he helped me, and I looked at the wall, and he was like, oh, Jayton – is the Jayton's the employee of the month at Verizon Wireless? And I was like, interesting. Well, I gotta like, uh, I needed this phone because I was going on a trip, um, and I flew out later that that afternoon. And I go there, and Jayton is working like the desk. He's like <laughs> the baggage guy. The baggage. Well, yeah, yeah. And then so he's like taking the tickets at the front, and then loads your. And then on the I plane. then I get onto the plane. I look out the side, and Jayton's throwing the bags onto the plane. <laughs> I was like waiting for him to walk in with the captain's hat. Like, <laughs> he's he's the man. I was like that guy's got hustle. Yeah, he's he's the man. I mean, it is just. I think that the weightlifting, I, it is kind of a meathead thing. But I mean, the, but it's the, also the thing, fun. it was like. Another one of the guys that worked out with us would be so. I was from Omaha, Nebraska. Jay Ton from uh, Cali, and then we had Dylan Brown from uh, uh, Miles City, Montana. That was that was our little group of three pod. That was the lifting dudes, like just guys that were yep. totally different. And and I think that's what makes like Grizzly Athletics special. I mean, just those type of things. Those are those are the things that I think that a lot of people just think that oh, hey, they just practice. You know, during the fall, but I mean, it's spring ball, winter conditioning, you know, summer lifting, you know, all those things that that to me are some of the, the best memories. Obviously, Saturday's icing on the cake, but those are the best. Do you have a good winter conditioning story? Because some of the stuff we've heard about winter conditioning, especially in Bobby 1.0. Oh, <laughs> How many do you want? I got, I got at least two really good ones, maybe three. Uh, so, uh, just for how hard yeah. winter conditioning is, I think it's one of the things that fans don't really know much about, honestly. Um, 
Absolutely. Just envision garbage cans everywhere. <laughs> For the puke. And they're all full by the oh. end. And when Coach Houck's talking, nobody talks or does anything. So where that comes into play is um, Seamus Malloy. Uh, he was a freshman at the time. Yep. We had yep. just got done because he had mat drills. Yeah. yeah. He had mat drills, and, you know, we, we ran lines down on the uh, – on the. at that time we were down in the, the, the basketball arena, not the auxiliary gym. So we're running lines, and if you made mistakes, you had to go back. So I think we'd made a lot of mistakes. We weren't really doing very well, so we ran a crowd ton. And at the end, we all come together, <clears throat> and Bobby kind of does his breakdown. Make sure you get to class. If you're not in the front row, we will find you. You will run the M. Like all the things that you guys have probably heard. And I'm right next to, to Seamus. And I'm looking over at him, and he's not looking very good. And he pulls his shirt up oh, like no. this and just pukes in his shirt, and he holds it <laughs> against his chest. And he doesn't want to do anything because he didn't want to run more. Yeah. Right? So he's holding. He pukes in his shirt and holds it up against his chest. Walks up to the locker room, showers, and leaves. So, I mean, that, that's just like the fear that Bobby had and a lot of the guys. I mean, you know, that, that that's real. You can see why some people maybe were cut out for that. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody. Yeah. I mean, Seamus came back. It was for Seamus. So, then the flip side of that coin is that a lot of – you can – I don't know if there's some college kids that are listening to the pod, but you can actually take winter conditioning as a one-credit class. You should do it. No, no, actually, no, Luke. No, when I was are when I was an undergrad, I knew some really fit humans. You know, where I was like, oh yeah, you're like super fucking fit. Like, well, we're all just like playing intramurals and getting a couple workouts in. They're like CrossFitters before CrossFit was a thing, right? Yeah. At this time, mm-hmm. and they would. I knew a couple of them who would sign up for this one credit activity class, winter conditioning. They all fucking burnt out. <laughs> they couldn't handle it. <laughs> no, it it was it was a thing. Like I had, I still have anxiety. Like before, you'd like set like four alarms because it's at late. six a.m. or something. No, 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 no. It's like at five forty-five. <laughs> yeah. And when you're a freshman, and I was I was not a freshman when Bobby was there, but like walking across campus and the Hellgate winds. That yeah, that's that's when you that's when you find out if football's for you. Is mm-hmm. that 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 kind of cements it? Is going okay? Like I gotta do this for another three years, or four years, <laughs> depending on how you oh, God, is this really? So uh, the walk-ons, like they can come and they get you know you can do winter conditioning as a credit. I don't know if this guy was taking it as a credit or whatnot, but he's the guy that shows up and you know he looked very similar to what I would envision a CrossFitter to guy to look like at that time. I'm like. There are some people on the team that you're like, ah, that guy doesn't really look like a football player. But, I mean, dude can do all the sprints, can take hits and that kind of stuff. Doesn't, you know, he's not, like, chiseled out. You know, I think I'd fit in that category when I played back in the day. There's not – everybody's not, like, tough, just carved out of granite. <laughs> so this guy was carved out of granite the, that was trying to walk on, and we were doing mat drills. And if you had to – if you made a mistake, you had to go back, and you had to go back, and you had to go to back. And there's a guy named Dave Schramm. He was the tight ends coach. Yep. Yep. Hands down my favorite coach. I think he's at Weber State Yeah, now. I think he is at Weber State now. But he would do a thing, like, if you – the wrong way you'd have to go back but he'd be doing stuff like this and trying to like trick trick you trip you up so people like purposely you know get you to roll the wrong way uh-huh. this walk on had to go through this drill like six times in a row and oh. it's it is just it just crushes you and like on the seventh time that he had to go back like that's in the mats and it's up where the the uh 
the bleachers for basketball roll out, like the temporary ones. Mm-hmm. So we're on the we're on the side that's closest to the football stadium, and dude has to go back in line, and instead of you know and they're like, all right, that group go back. I'll never forget it. Instead of walking back to go, dude just walked out of the building. <laughs> Quit right there. Quit right there. Like uh. all of his stuff. Like he had a locker and everything down there. Like and never came back and got his stuff. Just oh, went no. right just in the quit. middle. Of just peace. I think I'd, I think I'd, you have to drop out because I wouldn't want to see the football players on campus <laughs> oh, after no. that. Oh, it was. Uh. See, I almost think if you were a non-football player and you took that class and you lasted even a few days and quit. I almost feel like you would be a Bobby guy after that, where it's like you are tougher than all these other fans because you've done it for three days. <laughs> like, I, I, not the players, but I'm, I'm telling Bobby that he should sell to 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 uh, former players uh-huh. the ability to come in and just sit and drink coffee and watch winter conditioning. I would pay an ungodly amount of money to be able to go and do that with stands. <laughs> You know, now I think they do it in the weight room where you can go up and get stand like above them. Oh my gosh! Oh man, they should make that a QB club thing. Oh, 100 percent. Remember, we had Andrew Schmidt tell a story too with an O lineman that quit when they were running the steps. Oh yeah, and like, then every year afterwards, he'd be like, "This is where." Oh, that's where so and so. This is where he quit. This is where he left the team, and he like has a spot in the stadium. Where well, he I bet he does. I, I think. <laughs> If I remember right, there was a curse on the number sixty-seven. I don't know if anybody wears sixty-seven anymore, but I think the uh, kid that quit. I can't remember. It was a lineman. So yeah, it was a lineman. Garth something. Anger. Oh, Inker. Inker. <laughs> oh man. I, th- I think I feel probably like a good dude. No, I mean, no Garth, Garth Inger was was no a one... center. He 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 had to medically retire because he had to have his neck fused. So that must so, have yeah, not been sixty-five. Him. It, yeah. I don't think. But it was no one wears sixty-seven this year. No, sixty-seven was was jinxed. It was. Uh, the kid was a, like very, very smart. Uh, I think he was going to medical school. Because um, it was. When you were playing? No, it wasn't when I was playing. It was when my cousins were playing. So it would have been like the 08 team. Okay, let me Kevin check. something is, was his name. All right, let's see what we got. If you guys haven't figured it out by now, Colt's cousins are Jason Ty Palmer. Not, uh, not that complicated to figure out, but. 67 and 08 was a D tackle. Okay, so then it had to have been 06. All right, all right. Kevin something. Kevin something. Brooks, I think. Kevin Brooks. Let's see if my memory. Here we go. I mean, I did take a lot of shots. <laughs> you did. T- you did have a couple. Kevin concussions. Bell. Kevin Bell. It was a B. <laughs> but it was Valencia, a B. California. I am confident oh. that it was Kevin Bell that quit on the stairs. Oh, you think it was him? I'm okay. guaranteeing it. Awesome. Awesome. You'll have to. You'll have to text Schmitty and see if I was wrong. Right. Well, who knows? I mean, he he remembers. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe it wasn't Garth. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, so now I said that we were almost out of questions, but before we go to Eastern, I have now two more. One's kind of a funny one, and then one's a serious one. So a guy on Twitter wants to know, he says, it's illegal in North America to kill eagles. So knowing this, how did the Grizz pull off a massacre on Friday evening without accruing jail time or at least a hefty fine? Listen, I know some folks from the High Line. <laughs> Went in on some eagles. Um, <laughs> That's a great question. I, I, I'm going to let Luke have yeah. that. Cruelty it's probably animals. aimed at Luke, actually. Yeah. Oh, man. What's their mascot's name? Swoop, right? Yeah. Swoop. That's it. Yeah. It was murder swoop. There you go. No no mascot violence. Yeah. No mascots yeah. working. He's not a real eagle, so it's yeah, fine. Exactly. There we go. We had a workaround. Um, so you you left Missoula. How old were you when you guys moved? Uh, we moved to Omaha, Nebraska. I uh, would have been in 
probably like fifth grade, so probably like, like so. 10, was it 11? always your goal to get back and play for the Grizz, or how did that come about? Great question. Um, I was a University of Nebraska dork. All right, we had we had season tickets. Uh, I, you know, Tommy Frazier. And then we talked to the thing a little bit earlier that, you know, Eric Koch went to the same high school as I did. We mm-hmm. ran the triple option. I played fullback in that one. So I was a University of Nebraska dork. Um, and it was about the time when they had a really, really good walk-on program. So I was offered a, a walk-on, Craig Bull, mm-hmm. um, who ended up going to NDSU, um, which uh, there was a, there's a lot of D2 schools that are all now, you know, in our division now. So yep. – um, I had Craig Bull say, "Hey, you know, preferred walk on." They were like, "Hey, that's that's pretty cool." And then South Dakota State uh, coach Stiglmeyer, who I think is still at SDSU, which Brookings, pretty cool. I mean, it, it ended up to me coming down to Brookings and the University of Montana. But uh, uh, what what brought me back here was, you know, and I think it's more prevalent now is starting to kind of become the way that a lot of guys got recruited when I was playing is going to the summer camps. Mm-hmm. So I went to the university of Mont- or university of Nebraska's summer camp. Then I went to the university of Montana summer camp. Uh, I think I went to South Dakota States and I can't remember one other one. It might've been like Iowa state or something, something like that. So going to all those camps and meeting the coaching staff Delaney was the was the coach my junior year when I first went to the camp and then Glenn was the coach my senior year when I went but just going to the camp and seeing the campus and then I obviously had family here so I had some some ties there and then I came back for uh, a playoff game that would have been in 2000 I think it was the first round game I, I don't know who they played but the thing that stuck out in my head in that one was when they did the Montana Grizzlies chant mm-hmm. it's like whole. Oh, <laughs> crap sign me up let's go and then it's just it's just one of those things that uh, um, they offered me the ability to you know come on scholarship and mm-hmm. you know preferred walk-on would have been really really cool but you know i wanted to see how high of a level i could play at and you know have my school paid for paid for yeah so but uh it was that's how i ended up back here at, at um i had family in frenchtown um i had cousins that were went to big sky high school um, so, I mean, I had family ties here, but if I'm being honest, like my first goal was to go to University of Nebraska. So in 01, we won the national championship, and I think Nebraska got beat in the national championship. So I had a bunch of buddies that flipped me a lot of shit. For going to the, <laughs> what are you going to Montana for? And then when I got to go home for Christmas and be like, hey, I think they lost to Miami. I'm mm-hmm. like, you guys didn't get it done. We did. <laughs> so then after that, I think they all started to become Montana fans. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's a similar story to a lot of people. Not not all the ties, but the you know a lot of people, a lot of kids' dreams set out to play you know yep. top level college football. And you know I think people kind of recognize what you did. But oh. Montana's a great place to play football. Great school, great town. I mean the conference is cool. I mean it just. I got to play a lot of stinking games. I don't know how many. I don't know how many I got to play. I mean, it just. I mean, got to play in a lot of games and sitting there instead of being, you know, buried on a depth chart at a at a bigger school. I mean, coming in and being able to contribute right away was was something that was cool. Yeah, because as a true freshman in national championship, I mean, that's yep. a, that's a huge deal. Do you miss eating runzas? 
Maybe Runzas. Runzas? Oh, those were really yeah. good. I don't even know what you're talking about. How did you come out with the Runzas? Are you over there on the Google machine? Or do you really know what Runzas I, are? I have some ties in Nebraska, too. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Like, They're initially, delicious. I'm like... Is he really talking about a runza? Luke's a man of mystery. Like he'll pull stuff out, and you're just like, "What? Yeah, well like played, sir. Yeah. Like a good runza? Heck yeah, man!" <laughs> All right. Seriously, the last question before we quickly talk to Middle Eastern, you know, give you the rest of your night back. You played fullback, correct? But you also long snapped. <laughs> I see what you're going. For. <laughs> you played an era where uh, you know long snappers played other positions. So, what do we need to know? When we're evaluating long snappers, uh, you know, what do we need to know? So I want to set the record straight. <laughs> I know I give you a hard time, which I'm sure that you've probably, you know, said to these. Uh, Not at it, all. Was it Aaron Held, the, 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 the gentleman before? Yeah. Luke knows Aaron a little yeah. bit. Uh-huh. So Aaron did a really good job. OD, you know, the mascot. All of the American pod. OD. Yeah. <laughs> the mascot. The mascot of the pod. <laughs> I mean, he he snaps very very well. I mean, both of them both of them are are, are a really good snapper. Uh, they are true specialists. Mm-hmm. No different than a kicker, um, you know. And that's not yeah. meant to be a knock. I mean, they are very very good at what they do. They do one thing. Yes, I would like to know how many times they've had to snap in a game with broken ribs, <laughs> or broken fingers. <laughs> Or when you can't really remember where you should go line up, and just like, hey, go put me over the ball, and I'll throw it between yeah. my legs. Um, so, I mean, there was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was different. I didn't even really realize that All American Long Snapper was a thing, which is cool. Neither, neither did we until it happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's um, cool. So, did you grow up snapping, or did you? Is that a skill you acquired? That's a great question at UM. Uh, no, I, I, uh, my dad actually was a collegiate long snapper for Western Montana. Really? Um, so yeah, he was, he was the one that, yeah, Todd, see, you're looking at the, well, you've now, done the I research. Now, now I'm looking, see, look at that. I found his senior year. Todd's yeah. great. I'm, yeah. I met Todd. Yeah. So pa- Papa Todd. Uh, <laughs> so I started snapping probably in seventh grade. And it's one of the things that my dad said, Hey, if you can do this, you're always going to be on the field. You know, in high school or what, you will always make the team. So I started in seventh grade. Wasn't great. Um, Going into high school, um, our high school at the time, they wouldn't let freshmen play on varsity. Um, I suited for varsity in the playoffs because the snapper got hurt, so they probably would have had to bend the rules. Um, But then, you know, this is kind of where it gets a little weird. Then, because I could long snap – they had me play center. So I never really played tight end until my senior year, or tight end fullback. I never played fullback until my senior year in high school. I always played center because I could long snap. So long snapping kind of got me to where I learned how to block, and mm-hmm. it was because I played center. So I always had my hand on the ball going through high school until my senior year. Then they moved me to fullback, and I loved playing defense linebacker. I just was not as fast as the guys are now. But uh, – you know, the position, the H-back, fullback position in Glenn's offense and then Bobby's was mainly like linebacker on defense. You know, you go go in motion, set up a lot of blocks. They don't really have that position as much now. Right, but, right, uh, right. yeah, so um, I learned how to snap, uh, you know, in high school and had to play multiple positions to where uh, 
I actually ended up redshirting my first two games as a uh, freshman here at UM. Um, then uh, John Fitzgerald, who was the, the long snapper, starting long snapper, he was a senior, broke or did something to his ankle, buggered up his ankle. The backup long snapper snapper was Jacob Yarrow. When he went to Hawaii, he buggered. I think he had two torn ACLs or something like that. And he after the Hawaii game, he never he came to play. So then going into Central Washington Division II school or whatever they were at the time, um, Joe Glenn never really let me know that I was going to snap in the game until like right before the game. He didn't want to give you anything. Yeah, I would have I would have been crap in my pants. So, but yes. Um, yeah, so then once that happened, then I then I played on all the special teams other than, than – uh, um, punt return. Mm-hmm. So I was in the wedge. Um, got to block for a lot of really, really dynamic punt returners. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no knock on Jerry Louis McGee, uh, Salser, um, but it, Flowers. Yeah. But Lavander Sanders yeah, is LV, hands yeah. down the best returner that we've ever had. And then number two is Jefferson Heidelberger. Mm-hmm. You yeah. could probably flip those two because. No, both those guys were great. They were really good. I mean, they, 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 to where I think Bobby's big thing is you know that you're good at something if they don't kick you the ball. I think I had like five or six fair catches or something like that. Chris Orwig had a, a ton. I actually had a kickoff return for a, about seven yards against Southern Utah. That's how I broke my ribs. So that's, that's where Perfect. I can know I can snap with broken ribs. It's because, you know, playing in another position. So, but it's no knock on. Uh, no, it's just different. Yeah, it's no knock on OD um, or Aaron or things like that. But So who, because OD's basically been the long stepper for five years because the weird two games last mm-hmm. year. And then Aaron was it for at least three. Three. Three years. Yeah, wow. So we were, was Jordan Tripp the last guy that? Played a position in long snap or? Oh yeah, um, it probably was. But what's interesting is this is all an evolution because uh, there's a guy named Dallas Neal on yep. the um, early the first championship team. Yeah, and you know he was a tight end and a punter. Mm-hmm. He got a cup of coffee with the New York Jets. So I mean, you don't have to specialize to to get noticed. <laughs> See, it's just Jeez. different. Games changed. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean it, but it's. Uh, the punt is the most exciting play in football. You snap the ball over the guy's head. I mean, some people probably wouldn't agree with me, but if you snap the ball over the guy's head, that's a bad thing. <laughs> if you yeah. don't get down and cover the punt, and it goes back thing. the other th- other way, that's a bad thing. It's a bunch of athletes in space. I mean, a lot of times it's the fair catcher. It bounces. I mean, when you got a guy like Boom Sheeny, mm. I mean, that there guy's, we go. That guy's a game changer. He's embracing it. <laughs> that guy's a game changer. We've, we've um, dubbed him that officially. As you should. He's I mean, in the running for the new mascot of the pod. We haven't decided anything yet. I mean, in your in your <laughs> Eastern the pack, yeah. as you should in your Eastern conversation, I think that it's going to come down to. I mean, offensively, I hate to Not sell the guys short, but they got a better offense than us. Yeah, they do. Yeah. There's three phases of the game, though. If we win two of the three, I say we win the game. Yeah. Their special teams, their their kicking games, an adventure. I think they might pull a left guard out there here soon, have them toe poke between the pipes. But. Well, they went to a true freshman last week. Yeah, they they yanked the lefty right. Yeah, and put another guy in. So, but you're not wrong because it's like if you look at the the um, you know the MSU game. That's what we won. We won on, three we, phases. We won on on the punt game. Both teams, the punt yeah. returns, Junior Bergen making a huge difference, and Bushim averaged a ridiculous amount yards or like something. Yeah, crazy. Which led to him leading the nation in, in 
punting, and the, and the Grizz led the nation in net punt. So did Bobby really say he hasn't been hitting the ball very well? Was he just kind of messing with Bushimi, or was that like a real thing? That, yeah. You know, I don't know if that's a real thing or not. Like, you never know what Bobby is, why he says some of the things he says, because I think he's one of those coaches that doesn't say anything by accident. But um, Coulter sent us a profile that, that Skyline Sports did on Bushimi in, like, October, and it was fascinating because it, it talked about all this training that he'd done and, like, how there's, like, it's almost like pitchers throw curveballs. Like they talked about how the 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 way they drop the ball and the angle that they hit it, they can do all these weird things with it. It was fascinating. I it's more than I'd ever thought about punting before. So hmm. maybe you're not wrong on on the punt being one of the more exciting plays in football. It's won us a lot of games. I think <laughs> that's true. The hidden yards. I mean, I, I'm I'm waiting for Luke over here to start tracking hidden yards in the games. I mean, that that's that's <laughs> one of the things that Craig Paulson did a ton of is tracking hidden yards, you know, on on punts or getting it downed or if it's if it's a punt that's fair caught. I mean, the hidden yards. I think that that's that's a big big thing. And I mean, it's just when your average starting position, you back them up or you know now that. Uh, Money Messina's is kind of starting to, I mean, his 50-yard field goal at the beginning of the year is like, man, is he going to be able to hit anything over a 23-yard field goal? And then dudes come on. Yeah, he really has. So I think I think special teams, you know, Grizz has got the edge. I mean, and then defense, it's cute that they've been playing hard the last two games, but, you know, you got to – defense travels. I mean, and that, that's the thing that if, yeah. if, if we get this game – which makes the run. I mean, obviously the run, the the run to the uh, the title could be tough, but defense travels. Yeah, and it's like this team's not a finesse team. This team's a yeah defense travels. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Eastern. What do you think the Grizz need to do? What's the game plan in your mind um, for the Grizz to beat Eastern on Friday? If they limit the term turnovers, turnovers lost them the game last time. Yeah. yeah. Dead. I mean, in 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 a in communication on a special teams play. I mean that 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 counts as a turnover. So that's that. What is that? Three? Did they had three turnovers? I think we had two picks. Two picks of fumble. Special teams. Did, did we, we have lose a fumble, fumble in the po- pocket? I thought we had a fumble in the pocket because at the beginning of the year, Cam had a tough time, kind of you know not pulling it down. And mm-hmm. or was it Chris? Well, one, Chris? One of them had a, in his had first a tough, start. He had a tough yeah. time uh, when there was bodies around him not protecting the rock. But yeah. you know, if we limit turnovers and don't put our defense in a bad situation i think that if we make eastern have sustained drives there's enough playmakers on defense that they're going to create points i mean you look at justin with his interceptions and then you look at you know you know just a lot of those momentum type plays you get them backed up and then then they gotta you know punt to to junior bergen which i mean that was that was great. <laughs> that was awesome that they moved him there. I mean, no knock on the the Fonts kid. I mean, but you can't you can't you know same thing. True you freshman, can't, you ball. can't be dropped. Yeah. Out. I mean, he replaced a true freshman with a true freshman. Yeah, I guess great point. <laughs> so, actually, Fonts is actually a COVID true freshman, and Bergen's a real true yeah, freshman. That's true. That's true. So, but I mean, I think that you know, kind of like what what they did against the Cats. They probably kicked more fugles than they thought they would have. I think there was probably some of them that Bobby probably wanted to be a little bit more aggressive and go for it on fourth. Absolutely. But I think he knew how hard his defense was playing. He's like, all right, if I don't put these guys in a bad position, 
they're not going to lose a game for us. And I think that they're going to be so just geeked up to play hard and, you know, show number one that, okay, you, you had a good game against us. Let's see you have back-to-back good games against us. That That's what's going to be inter- interesting. Yeah. And then I wish it was about another 20 degrees colder because, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I give I us a think, fun cold weather game. I don't think Mr. Barrier likes likes it when it's no, but I mean, chilly. You know, seven at night, sun's going to be down, like. It's gonna be cool. It's yeah, yeah. It's not gonna be warm. Um, Eastern's a different team, maybe than they were when we played them, and I mean that by they obviously they fired their OC at some point, but they definitely run the ball after the wait, after the cat loss. Yeah, they seem yeah. more committed to running the ball than they used to, which is interesting to me. And the defense seems to be playing better um, than it had before. If you, yeah, I mean, we noticed that when we like kind of picked it apart. So they they have a they have a bit of a power back that like actually came back for the cat game he'd missed the rest of the, the whole season like a 225 pound kid and he gets about 10 touches a game they yeah they send the oc packing after the 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 cat loss and then um you know this merit kid the running back they have <clears throat> i think he leads the league in rushing touchdowns and he scored he, a lot of touchdowns against us because yeah. Lou jones would have huge catches and then get tackled like at the one or like two one. yeah, yeah. So I mean, the Merrick kids got like fourteen rushing touchdowns and three receiving on the on the season, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean they're they're committing more to the run, but it's interesting now they've played better defenses, like Weber, Cats, and then Portland State, kind of in the middle of the pack, and then Northern Iowa, who was is not a bad defense, they're just a bad offense. Um, their point total's gone way down, twenty four per game. They average about forty seven if you look at the whole season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean that that sort of finesse offense, like you could have said it earlier. It's like I don't know that that that's a most teams, unless they're incredibly talented, don't sustain that level of production across the whole season. Yeah, you know, like people figure some things out. It's hard to kind of replicate that. So yeah, so in that game, Merritt had 102 on the ground, 103 on the ground, and wasn't there something if Grizz hold the running back to under 100, they're undefeated this year? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So what did they average only like two two yards a carry against Northern Iowa? I'd have to check. They, I don't know. It wasn't great. So is Northern Iowa's defense better than the Grizz? I, mean, like, I don't think so. It didn't Br- seem like Brent they had as much speed. Mind. No, they they don't. But I mean, statistically, a lot of similarities. But mm-hmm. um, no, they're not as good as ours. Mm-hmm. No, I just think that you know a defense like ours learns from their mistakes. So, I mean, I don't see them not being prepared for whatever Eastern team comes out because if it's the passing offense, they've seen it. We also had two starters missing that game. Robertson didn't play and Joe Babros Babros. didn't play. And then Belknap got hurt. Yep. And we had another guy. Didn't Diari Todd also get hurt? So, like, we yeah. had, like, two true freshman DNs in the game. Yeah. Or so not true, but I think that, or true. I think that yeah. makes a difference, a big difference in my mind. Um but I also think if they if they want to be a power running team, oh, I, mean, I think we take that all day. Yeah, long. Like, sure. Let's yeah, go. let's do it. Go for it. So uh, in the UNI game, Eastern ran for two point nine yards a carry, uh, had one hundred twenty nine yards on forty four attempts, and then uh, only eight point three yards per um, attempt on pass, uh, thirty four twenty for thirty four passing. So they. Ran the ball ten more times and passed. I think since the OC has been fired, their balance of more pass to run it's 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 flipped. 
instead of throwing mm-hmm. 50, you know, 40, 45 passes a game, they're throwing 30 to 35, and they're running the ball 40-plus times a game. So what's the scuttlebutt on why the OC left? Because he's not running the ball enough. <laughs> I mean, it's everything from, like, Aaron Best is an O-line coach, and he wants to run the ball. The Aaron time. Best has, like, fired three coaches in the last, like, calendar year. The rumor was he fired one guy over whether having the lights on or off watching film like in the, the offseason. Him hmm. and a player got weird. But the OC was weird because when he got canned, like, the Eagles podcast guys were like, nobody will tell us why except that it's bad. And we've heard nothing. Not more. a thing. No. So I don't know. But I also think it could be just as much as, as like, Aaron Best is an offensive line coach, you know. He wants to run the ball. Like, he, you know, if you if they can't be a power team, I think that's not his MO. So, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, Colt, anything else from you? We really appreciate your time tonight, um, you know, giving us your thoughts. Any any other kind of final thoughts on, on the Eastern game or, or really anything? No, it's been awesome. <laughs> Thanks for coming, man. This no, is great. I, I appreciate it, and hopefully we show out on, on Saturday. And I hope they run it 44 times. Me too. Be awesome. <clears throat> Me too. We're yeah. going to beat the shit out of them if they run it 44 they times. They run it 40 plus times. It's... Like Cole saying, turnovers lost the game. But also we gave up like two passes over 50 yards, yep. like another four over 20. We had some things not fall our way that if they fall our way, like long crazy passes like Coulter mentioned Barrier drops a dime with a dude you know this helmet in his chest as he's throwing the ball it is miraculous that he made some of those throws so. I mean that's like the big difference between him and a lot of the quarterbacks we've seen pretty much since the Sac State game is even the cat quarterback you're getting hit when he's getting thrown that ball's way <clears throat> off target and probably not getting caught where Barrier be special. The odds are still pretty good, and it helps when your receivers are 6'4", 6'3", and 6'2", <laughs> or your top three targets. Like, it doesn't have to be that accurate of a pass. If it's in vicinity, they can and, go get it. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I, I take the Grizz. I don't know. I think we're going to beat the shit out of them, in truth. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, we're a better team. I think we're going to win. Like, I think it's hard to beat a team twice. We've been on the other side of this before. You know, we, we crushed Weber a few years ago. And then we went down to that playoff game, and it was miserable, and poor Dalton uh, Steed threw five interceptions. And, you know, it's hard to beat a team twice. Of course, I was pointing out the last time one team beat another team twice was Eastern Washington did it to the Grizz. But Eastern was better than the Grizz that year. I mean, that was – Oh, yeah. That was what, Vernon. They had Vernon Adams. They had Vernon Cooper Adams. Cotton, and wasn't Kendrick that Bourne. A, was that a Stitt year? No. Or a Delaney, a Delaney year. Yeah, so, I mean – Might have been Delaney's last year, even. It was. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that was like they had – they had two NFL wide receivers and a starting CFL quarterback, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah. they had, yeah, that was not that this team doesn't have their talent, next level talent, no, but, but we are a better team. We're definitely a better team. Than that Grizz yep. team. Hands down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I, think, I think it was an anom- anomaly how the defense played that game. I think that's the one that we gave up the, the most points. Mm-hmm. That, right. And that was when everything started creeping in, like guys were sick, mm-hmm. like the flu was running through the team. I also think our defense has gotten better against the pass um, as the season's gone on. I think the guys have figured out their roles. Yes. Um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, Ford gets a lot of attention with the interceptions and stuff like that, but there's 
you know, they've got pretty good cover corners, which is not Governor. something. That's the unsung <laughs> My man, Governor. That dude's been balling the last three games. Oh, he has been. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, I like it. What do you What do you think? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I like I'm the typical like super nervous fan, you know. So I think this game's gonna be tight. Um, as long as our offense can do better, like our offense in the last two games they've played has accounted for one touchdown in each game, yeah. and I the defense can ball out and the special teams can put us at midfield all day long. I just like that offense has to find the end zone at least three times probably plus and then probably set up a handful more field goals as long as that happens which i have the feeling it's going to be like we talked about this and luke you mentioned this earlier like we are eastern's number one rival right they view us like they have a legacy number now that they hand down yeah it's like number three or number four yeah because they have to do everything that we do they deep dove into the but grizzlies they, they deep and deep dove and the act grizz. like they don't yeah <laughs> and found Seriously. Uh, yeah, legacy I, so I, I watched the I had the UNI game on, and the announcers are like, "Oh, this is like blah 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 number." I want to say it's four. They're like, "That's the legacy number," and the defense hands it down to the next defender, and blah blah blah. They just they've been doing this for a little while, and it's like, "Oh my god, these guys like cannot have a single original thought outside of a hideous red field." Um, but uh, but yeah, I just like this team. I don't know. I think. I don't know where I was going with that thought, just bashing on Eastern and how they copy us. But um, as long as this offense can do a little better, Eastern was playing like the way that they were more physical than us on the road there. I don't think that's going to happen twice. I just cannot imagine, especially with that team we saw against the Cats, knowing the players we have, knowing the coaches we have, I just I can't imagine it. And, I mean, maybe they get lucky just because they've got some incredibly skilled wide receivers. They get a couple deep shots over the top, and that's the difference. I could see that. But as long as Grace take care of business, I think we got it. I don't think we're going to beat the shit out of them. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be close all the way down the wire. I mean, we're the number five team in the nation or number four team in the nation, depending on what you look at it, and they're the number five or the number six. Like, we're side by side. And thanks to this stupid-ass regionalization, we have to play a tough first you know, quarter whatever game and everybody else has easier games save Sac State but it's the way it goes so I think it's gonna be a tight one I just I think Eastern's too talented to I just I can't see him falling apart here I see him playing a big game so I, both teams have chips on their shoulders like Eastern is pissed that they didn't get a seed and the receiver thinks we don't deserve it and I'm sure the whole team thinks that too and they obviously let their players talk to the press and tweet and post and say all this stuff seems to embrace it crazy actually. yeah uh, but I think Montana's got just as big of a chip because you look at that game that they lost where it was like, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong in the fourth quarter. And all that comes down to it, our starting quarterback gets knocked out. We have a whole bunch of guys get hurt, and we're just off Cole Grossman's fingertips. Yeah, six right inches lower, and, and we're a top four seed. And, yeah. yeah, and I mean, so it's like I, the Grizz have just as much to prove. So that whole, like, Eastern's coming in here mad, and we're going to have to deal with that. We're going to be just as pissed. So I look at that, and, yeah, I think it's going to be tight. I predicted – I predicted higher scoring, 33-30. I just, yeah, so. Interesting. So we've said, we have said prior to the CAC game that the offense was showing some signs of improvement. They just had to finish. Yeah. And I think they they took steps because I thought the offense moved the ball pretty well. They had short fields, so they didn't have as, as much opportunity for yardage because they kept getting the ball back out to midfield on punt returns, and then they'd kind of stall out and they'd get a field goal. So 
I don't think Eastern's defense may be playing better than it was. They may be underrated. They're not Montana State's defense. No, no. Um, you know, I think we're as healthy as we can hope to be on offense. And I, I don't know. I have the same, same feeling I kind of did against Cats. Like, I feel like this team's ready. And I think it's double digits. I think, I think the end of the game's not going to be close. So I think it's 10 points. I, I like it. 10 points. Well, I mean, you got Junior Bergen, who, I mean, what was it, his third game? Mm-hmm. When we played him the first time, I, I don't even. Xavier know. Harris was our main guy in that yeah. game, and and I mean, hopefully, Charles was out. He was hurt. That was another guy who was hurt. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we got Xavier doing a little bit better, so mm-hmm. that we can have Junior as a slot guy to kind of take over for because that's the game that Solcer went down. Yep, lost so, Solcer. I mean, we lost a lot of guys in that game. Yeah, Solcer yeah. was he first half? Yeah, still so, end around. Yeah, yeah so right I mean, game. those was, uh, that was Garrett Graves' first start, right? Yep. Yeah. Graves was playing for Robertson. Imagine starting your first game against that offense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then one of the things that kind of goes under is like the turmoil in the O line at that time. Yeah. And we still, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, Colton Kynes retires. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they've got some of the guys that have been kind of in there a little that. bit more. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, when we ran the ball well on them when, you know, we had kind of the, the O line kind of thrown together last minute, like on Friday before they yeah. go over. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's tough. And we've heard um, that, too, from Bobby at Quarterback Club where it's like, you know, you finish a game and it's like, all right, you know, the right tackle and left guard didn't practice. You know, they, they couldn't mm-hmm. do the walkthrough and they couldn't practice Tuesday. They couldn't practice Wednesday. And we just don't know where we're at. And it's like it's tough, especially mm-hmm. for an O-line, where it's like it's communication. you don't practice together for the whole week and that's like Friday to the walkthrough hour. It's like, all right, we're good to go. Like, these are the guys. And I would assume this week our starting five is – Locked in. Locked in. And has been for a few weeks now. So, right? Yeah, we haven't just, had a jumble at O-line for No, with Cook back, with Cook back last week. Cook back, yeah. Because we had the freshmen starting. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think if they, if they can – you're going to see classic Bobby, I think, where we're going to try to establish the run. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to try to get the – we're going to try to get some of that play-action passing game going, going downfield. You know, our boy – Sammy, I think probably will have a couple big catches. Uh, he better. I mean, you step yeah. up in this game. Yeah. You know? Could be his last game on the field. Yeah. Be, you know, be, be the guy that we hoped you'd be all year. Well, Grossman, I think Grossman. He'll, have a, he'll have a big game. And I think the emergence of him, and they, they just, you know, I wish they'd get a little bit more creative in getting him the, him the rock. But And then even like Simpson, I mean, he had a couple big catches against the Cats. I mean, yeah. he caught, caught a couple balls twice, but I think it's just because his <laughs> double nerves the were, it's double the you know. Exactly. <laughs> he, did, he had Which some big ones. good in the stats. That, that catch to get him back into fourth and short to kick that the was field huge. goal right before half, that big was time. huge going in. But, I mean, we didn't quite have that. I mean, they got, they got more options to defend now, and if you could get Xavier Harris and Bergen on the Junior field Bergen. at the same time, yep. you got – you know those you two do? are those those two are lightning in the bottle, and then you got the other guys on the edges. I mean that's that's tough. Yeah. It's interesting. You look at Cole Grossman especially. I'm, there was like so much excitement around him, but it was like his first year, even as a 21 year old redshirt freshman, huh. and so it's like 11 yards, 21 yards, 25 yards. Eastern 12. So then he has that. I mean, and it's not like fault to the kid. It was a tough damn catch, yeah. right? So then he goes. Next week, 70 yards and a touchdown. Next week, 53. Idaho, weird game, but does have a touchdown. Southern Utah, 66 and a touch. Northern Colorado, 49 and a touchdown. Northern Arizona, 93. And Cats, 27, but a pretty big, you know, big, big, big conversion. Yeah. So it's just like Cole is not the guy 
when we played him the first time. He's like a legit pass catching threat. Yeah, now, where he was still finding his which feet there. That so is Junior Bergen. Makes yeah. the defense have to account for him. Yeah. And then the cool thing about Bobby when he sets stuff up. I mean that that pass out of the backfield. Now they gotta now they gotta account for Junior coming out of the backfield. Yeah. And if they switch it up and like have Xavier, you know, just go go right down the seam. I mean the, the, those those that stretch in the field and the big dynamic plays that we haven't really had this year. Yeah. No. So I mean, I hope that they can get, I hope that they can get the uh, the running game going a little bit more because that's gonna that's gonna help you know set them set up the other. You know the passing game, the play action. I mean that that's something that we haven't seen as much this year with them. No, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, and you know we haven't seen them do much in the way of you know trick plays or double pass or anything like that. And they used to do that occasionally. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see what they pull out of the bag. Maybe nothing, but I doubt it. I want I want Malik Flowers to have eight to ten touches. What, what ha- why did he disappear? Is he is he been we got, that banged up? Or he like... got a little dinged up. What game was that? His last home game was it Southern Utah. Yeah, I mean, he got yeah. dinged up and they missed a game. And they missed a game. Well, then like no kick kinda, to him, but then we didn't use him before that. But part of it's like, yeah. you know, when when Cam got hurt, they put Brown in. You know, the offense wasn't creative to begin with this year. They just haven't been that creative, and then they kind of right. it's like they pulled it back even more. And they didn't even really do things to like put Brown in positions where it's like, well, you know, he's got some skills in these areas. And Flowers just kind of shrunk away. So it was nice to see them do a couple handoffs to Flowers out of the backfield to try and give him the ball in some space, you yep. know. And read your blocks. Yeah, well, that's you're probably right. I mean, you played like you're you're, you're set set up the block. I mean, Sammy was doing his best to block up. Yeah, but don't run he, up his back. Don't run up his back. Uh, Go yeah. out around him, and yeah. you, you you know you probably. I mean, you if, got you, can, if you can run a kickoff return by setting up blocks, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that <laughs> was on that's, TV. That's, that's, and you're like, yeah. What are you doing? Come cutting on, up his backside man. right there. Like, go <laughs> on around him. Um, uh, you know, and I wanted, I just want to see the slant to, to uh, Malik. I mean, just kind of like when we had the slant to let, let a fast guy run in space, like with uh, Samari. Ball, yeah, against, against uh, yeah. Southern Louisiana. Oh, Reber, yeah. Yeah, just uh, yep. get him out there. Yeah, fast guys in space. I mean, this game's not that hard. All right. <laughs> I like it. Easy. It's an easy game. Take it from a national yeah. champion. Yeah, he's a national <laughs> champion. Colt, thank you for taking the time to be on this pod. Uh, listeners, we're going to get Colt out of here, and then we'll finish with your questions and uh, and wrap up. But, Colt, we yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks for giving us two hours of your Monday night. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Go Grizz. Absolutely. Absolutely. You wearing Bozeman? Go at your own risk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Hey, that was a lot of fun. Like, uh, Colt was a good, good guest to have on uh, on this pod. (laughs) I can't believe it's taken me this long to meet this guy. He's he was great to listen to. I know. I was talking to him this weekend when I I kind of in my head was like, we got to get him on. And Stacy mentioned you, and I was like, Colt, you would like Luke. I knew Colt already knew who Bryn was. You would like Luke. <laughs> well, I drank a couple of his beers at one of his tailgates once without meeting him. Oh, I should have brought that up. I should have been like, great... hey, Luke's been to the tailgate. I uh, almost did. He's the most welcoming tailgate host there is. We all just throw beer. He's got he's got. Is he, is he? Are they in your spot? Yeah, he is. Yeah, He pulls into your spot too, doesn't he? No, he's, he's two down from us. Okay. So I'll help set up my tail, company tailgate and then go down to his. But he has this tailgate trailer. 
that looks like a bomb shelter because it's it's we should have asked him about this actually but it's like he he sells commercial insurance lines and so he's got all kinds of like clients like big rig oil field guys and truckers because his family's got trucking background and just all this stuff so uh, somewhere along the line he met these guys that they were selling this trailer wholesale for like a buck and it is (laughs) designed to be in the oil fields and it's like a tank. Like if if there's ever a bomb threat, that is where I want to be. <laughs> but he's got a TV inside of it, right? No, no. There's, it's oh, okay. just so okay. it's just put the stuff in there and get it out. Like nice. It is um, oh, something know. else. But we drop drop beer off, and he brings it in. It's great. We'll have to have him back on. You know, I don't know when next season. Or <laughs> sometime he was fun. He was fun. Yeah, maybe a a pre brawl week. Mm. Um, he'd be a good guest there too. <laughs> yeah. So thanks thanks to him for. Uh, uh, giving us his time and, and shout out to his wife uh, Erica for you know letting us have him for a Monday evening. How she can awesome. relate to my my wife Stacy and Brent's wife Courtney on <laughs> us just disappearing on Monday nights. <laughs> well, Stacy like she doesn't, I don't disappear. She she's very aware of where we are. <laughs> hey, well, Dylan misses me and our Call of Duty clan. So that's uh, fair. Yeah, you know, we've, fair. we've all got our things. <laughs> <laughs> all right um let's jump in and uh let's do it and finish these questions up all right yeah twitter up or you want me to hit egris here uh why don't you start with egris all right uh zootown rocks also keeps pointing out that i continually am saying ben roberts when i mean mitch roberts and i think i so he's gonna start calling me bert quit being a uh, bitchel here's 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 how you should <laughs> remember fair. this it's here's fair. how you should remember this Mitch Roberts is the best clutch receiver on the team right now. Yeah. If if you're if you need a quick fix, call Mitch. You know, let's come up with an iteration for you. Okay. Okay. Quick fix. Pinch Mitch. That doesn't that doesn't no. rhyme. We need something okay. so that you remember this. All right. Uh, yeah. I could think of a few words that are appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, we're I'm an explicit on, podcast. Stuck on letter two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, All right. if you're in a sitch, um, call Mitch. There, there you go. go. Found okay. it. Uh, Zootown, uh, serious question. And Zootown, I apologize. It, it's as it's funny, like, I think, I don't know, Mike, if you do this. Luke, with your goldfish, maybe you do this. Uh, where you cross <laughs> names up, where you, like, refer to your siblings or pets as uh, like, yes. incorrectly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife calls my daughter, my middle daughter, her, her sister's name, all the time and i it's like when you get i don't know it's like you get all these names in your brain it just screws you up but uh zootown also asked us like and we i think we've talked about this but just you know playoff crowds typically smaller seem to be more intense and more focused than regular season crowds i mean we touched on it but absolutely people that come to the playoff crowds like you're, you're there for a reason it's not just like a social event like sometimes especially like we've talked about the homecoming crowds where it's like I don't know. There's about 10,000 people that are just there for that one game and there to be seen and there for fun. And they're not really like into the game sometimes, but playoff crowds, those are some of the best crowds. Uh, okay. AC Grizz fan, uh, strategy question. Um, let's see. I was <laughs> probably should have read this in advance. Maybe I'll come back to that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Grizz fan four six, those questions for Colt. Uh, Luke, did you have any uh, dream non-conference opponent if you were a player where you'd want to go? 
place you'd want to go play? Oh, man. I mean, San Diego State. <laughs> Arizona State. Arizona State, somewhere where, like, I don't know. Uh, it's warm. There's a lot of sun skirts. Uh, yeah. That's where I'd want to go. Nice. Rats of Butte asking if Sammy's going to break the touchdown record. How many does he need? One? Two? Two, I think. One to tie, two to break it. Think he's going to do it? I think he'll tie this weekend and break it the next. See, I, I, I think that there is a possibility of him going off in this game. Yeah, I'd love it. Um, I'd love it. I, I think you know, you know, I know he's frustrated in his season. I know the fans are frustrated that you know it hasn't been this knockout. You know, I mean, he was a, he was on the the Walter Payton watch list and he didn't make the All Conference team. Right. You know, so that's not the season anybody expected. Right. Um. But you know you can you can cement your legacy because I think we can all agree he's one of the best receivers, you know, to play here from a from a production and game standpoint. I mean, he was up there on all the lists. He's in the top five. He's a great Didn't leader. tweet out that he's he's the only receiver in the top five in all the major receiving categories. I think Sean Rainey tweeted that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, sure, your season, senior season didn't go quite as you wanted, but you have a huge game in your last home game against you know a conference foe who beat us earlier in the year. People are going to forget all that. Yeah. You know, Just go out and show the world. And I think we're going to get the run game going. And as that becomes, you know, more established, it's going to make life easier on a guy like Sammy. Yeah, agreed. Okay, rereading AZ Grizz fans here. So uh, in terms of uh, what, do, what do we think the coaches are going to do here? Because defensively, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing what he's – what he's asking here. Um, blitz heavy. Send four or more regularly with the risk of not getting to Barrier. Uh, or, you know, uh, or, or no, send four more regularly. Just keep it as a four-man rush. Have guys sit back. Or kind of do what we did the first time and what we've done most of the season. Throw the kitchen sink at Barrier. Uh, hope to disrupt him. Hit him. Throw him off. Well, obviously, just like the last game, that puts a lot of positions where you've got safeties and corners on an island. So, what do you think? I think I think we got to make Barry A uncomfortable. I mean, I still think we were this close to getting him, and yeah. we were starting freshman ends. Yeah, you know, it's like. I might go with our plan still. Yeah. And if that's not working, there's nothing that says you can't switch up your, your plan. But I, I do know that if we can hit him, that's going to make a difference. Big time. Yeah. You know, and that's been our MO. And we've talked about this on the pod. Like, you got to find the balance between, you know, scheming to take away what you think the other team's going to do and just going out and doing what you do well and saying, beat it. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, what's fascinating? Weber State sent their four. Now Weber State has great defensive ends. They had a great D line. One of them looks like he's headed to Boise State now, maybe. Tardless. Um MSU just played their front four. Northern Iowa mostly played their front four, and then they'd keep a linebacker to spy. And then if Barry got out of the pocket, that linebacker would come up and give him some heat and force them into errors. And those three games, they're, I mean, 
they didn't put up a lot of points. Um, so, but granted, you go back to that Grizz game when we played more inex- more inexperienced on the D line, and then in the secondary too, just guys not totally finding their footing yet. We pressured the hell out of Barry and saved that fourth quarter. I mean, they only had ten points going in the fourth quarter, right? So it's like mm-hmm. both ways work. Now, I would assume this coaching staff is just going to say what we do currently works. I'm going to guess it's going to be blitz heavy until it if it completely falls apart and they got to back it out. But I, we threw a lot of wrinkles at MSU. I'll bet they're going to have some wrinkles that Eastern doesn't expect to. Would be my guess. Yeah. And I like our odds if Eastern's going to run the ball ten more times a game. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was. I pulled it up. So, Cats uh, they ran over forty times. Davis they ran over forty times. Portland State for some reason they only ran like twenty five. And then you and I they ran. So I mean, Best wants to run for, wants to run the ball forty plus times again. But I mean the Cats they ran over forty times and their offense was terrible. Yeah, like their offense. Like that's the thing that that I think is maybe being underplayed in all this is their offense has not been scoring points the same way. So is this an Aaron Best rope-a-dope, and they're going to come out and pass the ball 60 times a game on us? <laughs> I think it's an Aaron Best ego thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Rats of Butte is also asking, what time will the first beer of the day be on Friday? Well, I get done teaching at 9.50 a.m. It's <laughs> 9.51. I mean, if the game's at 7, they're going to say you can't start your tailgates till 5. But, you know. Mm. No one places that this um, year. Uh, so the game's at 7. I have yes. blocked off my entire afternoon. Make sure that nobody puts anything on my calendar. Same. So I'm going to go over under 2. Yeah, I'm thinking 2 to 3. Yeah. I'd love to get in there super early. I mean, what's stopping you, right? What, I mean, what? Yeah, what's what's to stop people from rolling up? I mean, they can't be ticketing on campus that no, afternoon, right? No, they're not going to care. Well, I don't know. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. If <laughs> that's a good point. All right. I yeah, I mean, before five for sure. Yeah, mid afternoon. Okay, CDA Grizz has no crazy question for us. Kind of. No, either or, whatever. But he just appreciates the GFP. Loves listening to it. And he says, wait a minute. If it ensured the Grizz would win the next three national championships, would you become a vegan for 10 years? Full-on vegan. Can't wear leather shoes or eat an egg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Nope. For three natties? 10 years? What am I going to do with my smoker? You can smoke my... I'll uh, take it. (laughs) Smoke cheese and mushrooms. No, not cheese. Ah, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Remind me, vegans, no, nothing animal. Nothing no, no animal product at all. Yeah, beer's fine, right? Probably can't drink pig's ass porter. <laughs> <laughs> From Belt, Montana. Great answer. I'd do it. I'd do it. Give it. Give it to me. Or at least get you that national. That might help my cholesterol. I don't know. I have an idea about that, but okay. We don't need to talk about it on the pod uh, <laughs> yet. Mrs. Maroon is wondering if – so Eastern Washington has had their share of great to elite quarterbacks. Is Eric Berrier the best of the best? I think Vernon Adams is better. I still – Vernon Adams still – scared's not the right word, but you just yeah. – you went into a game with Vernon Adams, and it was just like this dude is going to 
beat us. And I actually think Barry has got that too. It's like the, the, the guy runs around, he doesn't go down and he finds somebody downfield. That's infuriating. So it's like what we are asking to rank is like, you know, the equivalent of, uh, you know, the, the Eagles having their, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young, you know, which they also had guys before him that were good too. So I'm yeah. not, I don't think it's a knock, but I think that if I was making the all time Eastern Washington team, mm-hmm. I put Vernon Adams as QB one. Agreed. Yeah. He had that X factor that just, and I'm going to, I'm going to say for me, fear is the right word. Like, <laughs> you know, I fear him. I think we're going to, I think we can beat Perrier. I think we are going we to. Have. Yeah. We have in, in this stadium. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Rico. New to the podcast, but appreciates what we do. Uh, thanks, Cole Grossman. is a tough matchup for the defense. Love to see the Grays get him the ball more. Uh, good relief for Chris Brown. Uh, could do the same for Cam. Bootleg screens. Uh, any more thoughts on Cole Grossman? I think we kind of touched quite no, a bit. No, we agree with you. Yeah. And if you're new to the pod, you, you kind of missed it. But we actually, you know, Brent yeah. touched on this earlier. But you did it's too, like yeah, he's, earlier. He, You look at the stats, and he's really come He's really come out of a shell. And I actually think that's – Maybe the one positive of our offense struggling for those first few games Chris Brown started was yeah. Chris Brown needed a safety valve, and it was Cole Coolest Grossman. guy. Yeah. And it kind of illustrated, like, hey, this guy's ready for a role. And he's just been getting better and better as the season goes on. Absolutely. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, Pussycat Killers is wondering, if the Grizz come out and beat Eastern like we did to the Cats, are the Grizz back? Are they legit national title contenders? I mean, if the Grizz come out and beat Eastern like they did to the Cats – then the last two full seasons they will have played, they would have been in the final eight teams in the nation. Yes. So, I mean, you know, for everybody celebrating like this, like, well, the Grizz keep saying they're back and they're not back. It's like, how many of those fans programs have been anywhere near the final eight once, much less the final 16, you know, yeah, two full seasons in a row in a row. Yeah. You know, are the Grizz back as in national champions back? No, they got to go win a national championship. Yeah, until they do, they do yeah. they're not back and, at that level. But I'm, you know, and I, I mean, I think we're going to win this Friday, but this is an incomplete team still. Absolutely. Yeah. So if, if we win and we're in the top eight for two consecutive seasons, um, and we get there again here with a very incomplete team, um, I would say I like, I like the the trajectory of this Bobby Houck uh, infrastructure. Same. So a lot, of, lot to be excited about. Yep. All right. One more. Wolf777 loves the podcast. Wanted to join into the what if games. <laughs> so he's got kind of a detailed breakdown here. It's not, it's, it's not CDA. Like CDA definitely is trademarked the way he asks his questions here. <laughs> uh, so uh, unbeknownst to us, you come across the devil during your travels to that portal to hell in Cheney earlier this season he gives you the following <laughs> offer if you took took it in that moment of weakness after the hard fought game what you give up we will never know but it must have been good to earn this rematch at home so you can pick one and only one defensive player to have the game of his life on friday night the rest of the defense plays as they have all season who do you take knowing that they could be the key to the victory who do you want to see at 200 percent? he adds in tough choices in his mind he says, Jace to uh, wreak absolute havoc. Patrick to be even more disruptive. Ford to top his other turnover efforts. Robbie to have lights out coverage on top of hard hitting run support. Or Babros <laughs> to, de- to de- eh, decapacitate somebody. Four beers. It's hard to say decapacitate. De- yeah, it's four. I, 
I go O'Connell because yeah. if it's game of his life, oh. he's had some freaking great games this year. So it's like, think how disruptive he can be, you know, tackles for loss, sacks, you know, coverage. Like, I go O'Connell because you, you know what his baseline is, and that's already a great disruptive performance. And then he's going to do on top of that? I don't know. What about you? I think O'Connell's regular game is pretty freaking disruptive. I almost wanted to say either Ford or Gavin Robertson. Yeah. Ford because I'm like, all right, lock down Limu Jones. Take him off the map. Yeah. Um, but then I'm like, ah, you know, they Eastern still has some weapons. Maybe Gavin because he helps against the run and the pass. Um I'm, I'm going to pick God. someone in the secondary because I think O'Connell is like you know why improve yeah. like your best defensive player best already? Guy. Yeah, God, both of you guys make great points. It's like yeah, so if Patrick O'Connell like had a two hundred percent effort, so if he had twenty tackles and five sacks and like <laughs> two forced fumbles in the game, I think we're winning that game. Yeah, good point. Uh, if Justin Ford or if Gavin have two picks and ten tackles, right, we're probably winning that game too, right? Uh, those are both great answers. The only other one I'd think of would be something like a, like a guy, like like we know what we have out of O'Connell, we know what we have out of Jace, we know what we have out of Ford. So could like a like a Garrett Graves mm-hmm. or an Omar Hicksonu, because the one thing that Eastern can do that some of these other teams we've not faced of late is okay if Lemu Jones is shut down, you throw it to Boston, you throw it to Robertson, you throw it to Chisholm. Like they got so many other guys, and so it's like if Omar Hicksonu, who's not bad. But if, like, he had two picks and a pick six or something, and Justin Ford just did what he normally does and O'Connell does what he normally does, it'd be something like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I think whatever your pick is, it's going to – It's a great question. Oh, that's an awesome uh-huh. question. I mean, it really is. Wolf should ask. Wolf777. Awesome question. This is like when you get development points in Madden. Who do you, <laughs> who do you spend them on, right? Do you, yeah, that's do a you great sh- comparison. Do you shore up the worst defensive player, yeah. or like do you make your, or do you make your all star your ninety seven you know, and 99 yeah, you take that something. speed from ninety eight to ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, think of difference maker. All right, that's it for you, Chris. All right, um, Brandon uh, Boots with the fur wants boots to know. Do you think there will be a decent crowd? Uh, he thinks Montana got, got, kind of got screwed having a Friday night game. I'm not sure I agree with that. You know, lots of people need to work off that day in order to travel. And I, I get it because he's probably one of them. I mean, he's a teacher. Yeah. And so it's like uh, that is probably true. Um, I bet that the attendance of this game will be better than Montana's historical second-round attendance average. I think it's Eastern. I think people are pumped coming yep. off that cat game. Yep. It's a night game. It's going to be hopping. I bet the student section is jam packed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because they're back. They too. just had a hell of a time game. at the MSU game. It's not a you know, it's, it's not, not final. Finals it's not is still final. a weekend away. So it's like you know, you go out and you just have a freaking ball in that you know, probably get tuned up. And and Coulter or excuse me, Colt um, kind of said something that I'm going to repeat or, or rephrase. But I do think, like, muscle memory in the cat game, Grizz Nation, like, re-experienced what it was like to be, like, an omnipresent force. Like, it was so fun and so loud, and we haven't had that in quite a while. So I I think, like, 
it was such a fun experience. <laughs> I, I think we're going to come back for the second helping. Well, so I'm looking back. Uh, granted, it's a little tough measuring stick because <clears throat> the last handful of home playoff games we've had have been the weekend right after. Mm-hmm. So CELA we had uh, two years ago. We had about 16-5. But CELA was a, after a bye. Because then we went to Weber and we were in the quarterfinals. Good point. Yeah. So we had 16-5. Got to go back a few more years beyond that. And um, South Dakota State, Bob Stitt's one playoff year. Uh, We had 14,500. I thought we had more there. But uh, then we played San Diego, um, 14,000. So based upon some inside knowledge that we had coming from QB Club, we are – we're ahead of that case. ahead of all these. It, we're, we're kind of floating around that 20,000 Grizz mark. fans, go get your tickets. It's if not going to be like a terrible night. It's going to be great. Upper 30s, yeah. Uh, the Coastal Carolina game, that game was so oh, bitterly cold. We had, it says 17,000. There was not 17,000 people in those stands. But, so, I mean, our trend show, first, you know, early playoff games, let's just say 15 to 17. And we're already 3,000 over the top end of that. So it's going to be a big crowd. Should be fun. A lot of fun. And I think the other thing, granted, they don't have a big fan base travels, but I think you're going to have an okay showing of Eastern fans there too, I, I guess. I mean, there's not a lot. Oh, yeah. But I mean, some. tickets are available. They'll be Eastern fans. Though the one thing I would say about that is Eastern has trouble filling their own stadium. So yeah. I wonder how many Eastern fans are actually going to – you know, in a week, buy tickets and come. I bet they'll have a great crowd representation. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like 5,000. Last weekend was tough, you know, for watching games because of the holiday. But they had 3,800 people at that game. It was, it was rough. But it was, it was rough. Gross like, out, every man. playoff game across the board was terrible. Like, South Dakota State was awful. And they've got a pretty good setup. Yeah, I think it was an Eastern fan was bragging where they're like, we outsold South Dakota State. And I pulled it up and it was like Eastern had 3,600 and South Dakota had like 3,500. It was like, by 100 tickets broke. I mean, I guess, <laughs> yes, you did. But <laughs> shit, man, okay. <laughs> God, who knows? <laughs> All right, um, great question. Uh, and uh, Brandon, if you need us to write your principal a note on <laughs> the importance of you getting Friday off, we can do that. In fact, we can do that for any of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Why not? You know, we'll put it on official Grizz fan pod letterhead, AKA we'll tweet it. So, you know, just send us what you need. Hey, my dad's a doctor. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> PhD from the university of Montana. We're, I mean, the, the note Dr. Is say, write you a note. <laughs> to whom it may concern, it is crucial that, uh, the Grizzlies of Montana have fill in the blank. Branded boots with Brandon, the fur. Brandon's I'm, boss in is, the stadium is a guy named Wade Johnson. All right, who had uh, he's a superintendent of Cubbank Public Schools, and uh, he has a son who played college football. Right. He gets it. He gets it. Yeah, perfect. Wade, let Brandon go. Let Brandon come to the game. <laughs> All right, maybe we should clip this. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Curtis Wallace, he had the question about the breakfast meal for Colt, which was a great question. Yeah. And then for the pod, he says, 
if when the Grizz beat the Eagles Friday night, would you all be willing to drive a party bus filled with Grizz fans across the country to Harrisonburg next week if it guaranteed a Grizz victory over JMU? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, if it guaranteed, guaranteed a, a victory? Win. Yeah. I mean, the worst part of that would be if it didn't guarantee a victory, you'd have to drive the party bus back across the country. <laughs> yeah. I'll pee in the jug. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some depressing drive home from Weber mostly, Weber, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Josh Sampson asked a, a similar question about um, tickets and what's the deal. I'm expecting uh, a great atmosphere. He's right. Let's just keep going. You know, the biggest thing we can do is tell people to buy tickets. You know, reach out to your friends that sometimes go but aren't season ticket holders. Say, hey, there's seats. Get here. Um, and it's not going to be Luke, our buddy Jason's coming, I think. I yep. think he's going to stay down in my basement. Is so, he? you know, I, I probably have one more place I could put someone. I don't know who I would trust from our audience, but uh, <laughs> Jim Messina, Jim. you can bump Jason and have the. I, I have a guest bedroom too, so Jim Messina. <laughs> if Mike is full, I got Jim. You these guys are lame. You're staying with me. <laughs> <laughs> they got kids. They got to put down. Be like Jim. Quiet hours are not. We'll, we'll, we'll go drink bourbon together. <laughs> I like it. Uh, All right. Um, oh, I missed a cult question about would you ask Bobby 10 stupid questions per day for oh, a year damn. in exchange for oh. a national championship? <laughs> Actually, I think a player could get away with that easier than we could. Me and, oh, absolutely. Me and my friends in high school used to do this to our our history teacher, Mr. Ray Wani. He, we, he, and we would subjectively grade his sarcastic reactions to us, but he didn't know we were messing with him. You know, he'd be like, mm-hmm. who invented the cotton gin? And we'd be like, Neil Armstrong. And he, <laughs> and he would look at us like we were the dumbest creatures on the planet. Like, there's no hope for you He's guys. like, we failed you. We have failed you. We have failed you. But it, I, I would try it and just, you know. It's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, Casey Oman wants to know, even though it's rare to meet twice in the same season, how hard is it to beat an opponent? I actually asked Colt that. It wasn't directed to him, but I thought that was better for the player. Um, and, and remember, two years ago, Bobby told us he'd been involved in more than 10 mm-hmm. same season rematches, and only once had the team he was a part of win both games. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in Montana. Hmm. All right. Uh, do these pants make me look snag? Ass. Are you as outraged that they overlooked the Rocksteady OD for all conference accolades? Boom Machini, which I want to give credit to the Grizz Fan Pod for starting. Um, you know, I think Brent Brent heard it first from somebody behind you, or no? Somebody? Oh, you did. Somebody? Somebody well, shared it. Someone Someone tweeted at us. I hadn't heard it until I saw the account. Yeah, and I'd heard it somewhere. But like that was the encouragement of hey let's get this going. So the the, the account it got was it a out. clear winner. Um, Boom Shimi and Money Macias are great players, but on another level with the snapping stylings of an OD. I don't think that there's a long snapping position on the All Conference team. You know, Colt kind of joked about it. I, we didn't know there was an All American position <laughs> for long so snappers great. until he got it. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I'm not outraged. I actually am more outraged because Bobby told a little bit of a story hilarious. in in QB Club about and and I you, you know for for listeners of the pod you've heard me complain about it you've heard Brent and Luke complain about it a little bit you've heard Coulter complain about it the way they pick the all conference team is basically all the coaches are on a conference call and they've all submitted you know 
a name or a two name names, or two yeah. that should be considered. Um, and I was always under the impression that then they just like debated every position. But it sounds like that's not exactly what they do. That the conference goes in and like based on Eliminate how the teams yeah. finished eliminates people. So like uh, they got to the kick returner and Malik Flowers wasn't on the list. And um, Bobby told a great story about him and Jay Hill, you know, hit Bobby saying, none of you will kick to him. I won't kick to Jay's guy. What else is there to talk about? And then Jay Hill pops on and was like, he's right. Make him co and let's not talk about this because let's talk about anyone else. And so that's what they did. That's why we had two guys that were unanimous. And then he said that when, yeah. when they were talking about um, um, Brian Bushini, yeah. that Rob Tennessee, actually, the now fired coach at Idaho State, who actually had been fired before but was still on the call, um, uh, when they got to the punters, he asked Bobby, he's like, Bobby, what was your, uh, what was, where'd you finish in the nation on, punt, on net punt returns? And, or punt, and Bobby said, well, we led the nation. And he goes, well, why is your guy not on the list? Because they'd already eliminated him based solely on the fact that the Grizz didn't finish like, in the top three in the, top three in the yeah. conference. And Bobby's like, well, he's not on the list. And and I think he said, Rob said it. Somebody, Rob Fantasy, yeah. someone was like, make him the first team all-conference and let's not talk about this anymore. And that was that. And that was it. That's so how it's I was like, picked. It, so you need an ally You in need the room. an ally. And I think that that, you know, I think that's just such a stupid system. Oh, like they so gotta bad. find a better way. I don't know what and, they can do, but they gotta also, find a better way. And also complicating the thing is that we don't play everybody. No. So then it's like you've got like, you know, teams that don't play everybody. So then their their coaches aren't gonna advocate. You know, so they don't know anybody in Montana. Mm-hmm. And I really actually think that teams that don't play Montana are very unlikely to vote for Montana. Whereas like, I think. There are coaches out there who'd be more likely to vote for a Weber guy because Weber's not hated, mm-hmm. but everybody hates Montana. Yeah. And if they pretend they don't, they're lying. <laughs> anyway, that was just very interesting. GoGrizz.com slash QB club. Yeah. Um, all right. Luke Rounds definitely thinks that the great idea to do the high school state championship in one place. We actually had a lot of people reach out. It says in South Dakota, they do this. Somebody told us in Texas, they do this and play them at the Cowboy Stadium. Um, somebody messaged us and said they still do that in Washington, like we talked about some oh, yeah. of those high school games. Yeah. I, I just that was a really interesting conversation. Um, so good stuff from them. Um, Silver Tip Nation says if you had to match Santa's reindeer with Big Sky schools that match them the best, which would you match and why? We obviously leave SU out this because they're officially wiggly whack, and we'll say the Grizz are Santa on account of owning all the other schools. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm not familiar enough with the traits of the reindeer to. Is Eastern Rudolph because he has a red nose and they play on a red field? Well, well, there you go. There's Rudolph. Twitter, you figure out the rest. Yeah, go for it. All right, 406 Grizz. (laughs) I don't know. Eastern Washington's defense has been playing much better lately. We talked about it. Yep. Um, Is it bad opposing offenses or are their defense improved that much? I mean, I think it's both. But I would say one of the worst offenses they played was the Weeper offense. And... The Weber offense ran all over them. They did. So, yeah, and it, I mean, it, that actually is a good point because you look at like 
their the last few offenses they played. <clears throat> Northern Iowa, not good. Portland State, okay. UC Davis, good, but has been on a slide. Montana State, not a good offense. Weber State put up 35. Idaho, bad. Northern Colorado, bad. Montana wasn't playing the best then. Southern Utah. I mean, Western Illinois put up 56 on them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been getting better, but they've also – I mean, but the UC Davis one, I mean, maybe that's one that you circle. It's like, hey, they, they held them to 20 points. That's, that's, and they, that's damn good. They showed out against us. Like, they had, inten- yeah. they had good intensity. I think maybe it's a little Jekyll and Hyde with their defense, but if they show up, they can, they can play. Well, I mean, you know, that Portland State game where the, you know, kind of backs the wall where Portland State going into that was had beat uh well, I guess not. They they lost to Sac State the week before. They beat Weber. They put thirty up on Weber, they put forty two up on Polly, they put thirty one up on Idaho State. So, you know, they've they've taken care of some better offenses too. Their defense is playing better. Their offense is not scoring as many points, but it helps when your defense is doing the job getting the job done. All right. Um, he also wanted to know, do you feel like we could score 35-plus points to win this game? I actually think we do. I We'll see. I would blow people away, but I think they could do it. Um, does this game get pumped? ESPN2 Max on Boxing is slated right now. Oh, no. I doubt it, yeah. even though you kind of wonder why they don't, because it's an ESPN production, and it'd be a better – I'd have to think it'd be a better draw, draw than Max on Boxing, but maybe not. I don't well, know. but remember – we played Eastern there. Granted, it was Pacific seven, so but, eight, you know, nine, they ten bumped East it Coast. A couple weeks, and that ago. was ESPN two, and the ratings were bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Hmm. All right. Does Bear take a page from the Brawl playbook and have Ford covering Jones all over the field? Um, I think that the Eastern receivers and Brent and Luke, you guys can weigh in on this. I think that there's just they're not one dimensional. Like, MSU's offense was, if you could take away their best guy. 86. You yep. know. So, yeah, have Ford follow him. I don't think it does any good because they could spread that ball around. So, I I think you do whatever puts your defense in the best position. And that's the thing. We've talked about this. Eastern has four legit receivers. And their running back is also a very good receiver, too. So, it's like they've got five targets across the field. <sighs> And they did this to us last time. Lima Jones lined up in the slot, in the slot. all the time. I was thinking that they, I could see them shifting forward to the wide side, um, but not necessarily matching up on a particular receiver. Yeah, I think it's just they they spread the ball too much. And that was like you and I, Lima Jones had two catches for like 30 yards. And Roberson had like 140 yards. Yeah. So it's just like... They got good receivers. They got good receivers. And that was you're right. Like the cats, you take you take away the one guy, they have no one to throw to. Eastern, you take away Lima Jones, they still got three receivers and one running back they can throw to. So probably just play your side of the field. Me my guess. All right. Uh Chris Carpio wants to know what can the Grizz do differently this time around to contain Eastern's offense? All Eastern's losses seem to come from teams that can control the clock and limit Eastern's possessions. Is this feasible for the Grizz? I think if they play offense the way that they did against MSU, yeah. I mean, they were getting first downs. Then they stalled out and got field goals. But Just getting that damn end zone. Yep. I, but what can the Grizz do differently? I think 
getting the guys who were injured the first game on defense back. But I've said it on this pod. I think Robertson is an underrated guy in the secondary against the pass, even though I don't think Robertson is necessarily great against the pass per se. I I just think that that secondary operates better with their senior back there. Yeah, and the quarterback of the defense, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, we held, uh, I forget, was it 10 points? Eastern had 10 points going into the fourth quarter. Um, yes. And we go on to give up 24 points that quarter. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think a huge part of that is our defense was ragged. We were tired. I don't think we're as tired because we're going to be, we're going to have more depth. We're coming off of a bye. And yeah, we're healthy, which ties into the depth thing. But also, if we can, if we can convert, you know, a few more drives with a handful more first downs, we control more clock. That also helps our defense keep a game long intensity. Um, we swat a couple balls out of the air that turned into 50-yard plays, right? We don't have a turnover. There's, like, a lot of little things that I think adds up adds up in huge ways. And if just a couple of those things go our way this time, uh, these coin flip things, I I think we cr- – Sorry, Brent. I know this is go- goes against what you think. I think we cruise to a victory. <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. I'd love to be up like twenty with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Oh, or maybe uh, oh, 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 oh. 24. 24. He's got it. He's Give me ready. a four score. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I might run over Mike if we're up twenty. Or something. I might run over to where you sit just so I can talk shit to Limu Jones <laughs> if he's leaving. I want to come sit with you. He's already retweeted the pod. Really? Limu? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. we were pointing out his Baltimore material. Yeah. Which, that's crazy. You know, the thing is, I, I think a lot of people have been putting too much emphasis on it. And I honestly think it's like... On the Facebook fan pages and stuff, everyone's like, oh, look what he said today. Look what he said this. And, like, you know, it's like a post game. He's like, Missoula, here we come. Yeah, they are. And the dude put up 230 yards on us. He's the best receiver in the conference. Granted, I know Bobby Houck would never let anyone on the team, like, go on to a social setting and talk shit about their upcoming opponent. But that's the way Eastern rolls. And, I mean, if anyone has deserved to talk that way, it's him or it's Barry, right? I mean, so. I don't know. I think I honestly think the fan reaction to the way he's been talking that has been continually like reminding him and blah 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 and this and this and blah blah. blah I think it's fueling him more. That's just my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think honestly, I tell my kids this, especially my daughters, <laughs> just ignore it, <laughs> and you're not going to give them fuel to keep doing the shit that they're doing. Is my guess. Yeah, and I guess they earn the right to talk some shit, but also go take. Go take your name out their mouth, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lost to Britain fantasy football this week. Ha-ha. Three points. Got you tonight. Three Ooh, points. I didn't even check. <sighs> Back up. God, my, my team's still bad. All right. Um, 
All right. Uh, Corby kind of says, what defensive adjustments do we need to make to prevent another fourth-quarter meltdown? What players will be available for this game that weren't? We've talked about the second one. Honestly, the first one, the biggest thing we can do to prevent a fourth-quarter meltdown is not have offensive turnovers and stallouts and mistakes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, if there's a time for us to pick up those fourth first downs, it's in the fourth quarter. So let's not put our defense in shitty positions. That's what I think we can do differently. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Do we put a spy on Barry to contain his running threat this go around? I think we play our defense. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we got to where we are because of the defense that we have. And, I mean, we saw some things in that Eastern game where some of the, the ads, the blitzes – the lanes, just the experience that some of the newer guys were taking. They've played what seven more games since. You just you just be smarter about your containment and the way you play, and it's going to clean up some of that stuff. So, yeah, you, you don't you don't nuke what you've done all season for one game. I don't think. No. Um, Sean, pay hit. Is that how we want to say that? I think so. All right. Um, Say Eastern keeps a back in to protect EB like the second half of last game. Is that advantage Grizz is they don't have to blitz as much and we have a quality secondary who can cover? I actually think that any time you take away an option for Barrier, it's probably a positive. Yeah. Because he moves around so much, it's one less guy you got to worry about. Absolutely. Yep, agreed. Um, so it's like, again, you're making them do something they don't normally do in their preferred offense. I think that's a good thing. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Eric Witz, um, do you guys feel the same energy for this game as you did the brawl, or is it just me? I think we talked about this. I do. Like, I feel like the brawl energy is carrying over, and it being a known opponent that people want to beat, I, I, people are excited for this game. The ticket sales suggest it. And, I mean, that's, like, one of the things, like, the kind of the blend both ways, because I think we talked about this last week or maybe the week before, but it was like, oh, it's fun to, like, play – like, oh, to see what Incarnate Word is like, because you just don't know who they are. But it's like, Eastern Washington's coming here, and they beat us earlier this year, and they have had our number on the road since they changed to the red field. We've not won on that stupid thing. Like, it's a, it's an intense game, and I think it just gets a little more attention from people to be like, yeah, I want to be there. I want to be a part of that game. Instead of like, oh, we're playing Tennessee Martin, and we know nothing about them, and Here's 15,000 people. They're going to have a fun time. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it'd be fun, but I I think that, you know, the flip side of complaining about the bad draw is, like, we get a great game. Yeah. And I think people will be pumped. Name the poet, Mike, that summarizes my feelings here. Now we got problems, and I don't think we can solve them. You made a really deep cut, and baby, now we got bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you are hearkening back to our early years on this pod. Uh, Hannah is back in her Taylor Swift phase. Nice. <laughs> so you do know it. So, but it's interesting. She's Don't in, blame it on Hannah. She's in her Taylor Swift. Oh, no, I you know knew it. it. I knew you it. Knew let's, it. Let's, let's be honest here. I knew it. Um, she's in her Taylor Swift phase, but she's also in, she's been obsessed with the old Dominion song, like, I was on a boat. <laughs> because we must have played it on a boat this summer. And like, she associates it with Colt, actually, because we would camp on his property. I mean, it's crazy. But, like, in the last, like, four days, that is the only thing that she wants to listen to. Constantly. Constantly. <laughs> but, I mean, 
It could be nursery rhyme, so I'm good with it. So okay. not I'm on a boat by the Lonely Island. No. Okay. I was on a boat that day. Oh, okay. Well, to to the point, we got bad blood with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I so like it. Um, Eric also points out that I have been forgiven for all past actions picking against the guys. Well played. It was all part of the long game, guys. <laughs> yeah. Tell Riley never to, never to doubt me. 3D chess. Riley, don't doubt me. <laughs> when we win the national title, Mike needs to be there on the field. They're like, this is because Mike didn't oh, think gross. we're beat Northern Colorado. You know, they, always, they let him hang out with the 2001 championship. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't let me. They just didn't know what to do when I showed up. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> just we just walked in with the Palmers and like you know the, I think it was Ingram was at the door. I was like, oh hey, and away we went. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, Gabe SWH says, uh, let's get this thing sold out. Let's show the Eagle what a night game is all about. The zoo. I agree with Absolutely. them. Let's do it. We will tweet out the uh, the you know how to get tickets. Um, and Kenley Brester says. On a scale from zero to Bobcats, how much do you hate Eastern Washington? I mean, if on that scale Bobcats are a 10, then I hate Eastern 9.5. Like, there's just, there's only one Bobcat rivalry, you know, and it's not a knock on anybody else, but it's like, you know, it's, it's the state. It's, you're either Cats or Grizz. It's Hitler and Stalin. (laughs) Stalin. But, but I mean, like, you know, that red turf, communism, like, it's all there. It's all there. Like, communism. I, 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 you know, I Eastern, I, like, they're cocky. They've been good while the Grizz have been down. Yep. Maybe that's correlated. Like, if, you know, the Grizz okay. had been not down quite, so maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just mm-hmm. asking the questions. <laughs> um, certainly didn't take advantage of it as much as you would think they should have. But, uh you know, I'm. Uh, I, I want to beat Eastern. Bad I'm thing. right there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, he says he hates Eastern almost as much, um, <laughs> not because they're rival, because of their arrogant and cocky fans and players. Hey, look at that. That's funny. All right. Uh, is that the same reason why everyone else in the conference hates Mont? <laughs> <laughs> Probably based on our stadium conversation, where people are tweeting at us that Chris fans are terrible because. Because we're proud of who we are and what we do. Our stadium and you know, its location. I just like you guys to have a former player on a national championship team come on your podcast and talk about how important the fans are to the game. Yeah, Weber, go do that. Yeah, go do that. Let us know. All right, <laughs> and that is it. <laughs> um, guys, any final thoughts on on this week on on the Eastern game? I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm re- I'm, I'm I'm glad it's under the lights. I'm glad it's Friday. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, I I I got excused from one of my company Christmas party. Uh, right. <laughs> so Helena Berkshire agents, I love you all, but I'm not going to be there. Um, yeah. No, this is this is going to be a fun game under the lights. It's something that, you know, I I, I think if Grizz Nation if Grizz Nation shows up, is rowdy. It's going to be. It's going to add 10% to the performance of this team, I think. Rarely, I kind of mock fans who use the, like, we did this and, you know, we did that. But it's different in stadiums that have an atmosphere like Wagres can generate. We can help 
win this game if we show up. And I'm really excited for that atmosphere. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Like, the players beat the Cats. And I think they beat them on a neutral field with nobody. Like, yes. I, just, I, I believe that. Oh, game. yeah. But we were part of that game. And th- that was fun. Mm-hmm. You know? Man, I can't wait. This is going to be a fun. It's going to be, I mean, Friday night. Yeah. I, I just, and what our crowd size is showing to be. Team we've seen before. We don't like each other. I mean, these games are always intense. So I, this is going to be a fun one. I can't wait. Yep. So Grizz Fan Pod Nation, your assignment is get people to come. You know, find people who who get, are get Grizz fans. Go out there, get go to get plus two, two. You know, find two tickets or get people to go buy them who don't usually go or who usually go. Let's fill this place up. Yep. Yeah. It's rocking. Find tickets. Go Grizz.com. Let's go. Go Grizz. Fight on.